Welcome to episode 57 of the Misanthropod. I'm Snipe, and as always, I'm joined by Wib. Say hello. Hello. And I am also joined by Drummer Matt. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you, lovely gentlemen, this horribly hot day? Uh, somewhat confused by your, your <laughs> news. Shatnerian <laughs> Yeah, I'm on edge now. Yeah. Suspense is happening. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to add some more suspense to okay. the, uh, the beginning. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it spices up the intro, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I think you should add more random pauses in the intro from here on out in different I was, places. I was going to, actually. It's, it's That's gonna what be good. I was going to do, because like, people are like, oh shit, is... Is it buffering? And I'll be like, oh, no, <laughs> no, I'm just pausing for dramatic effects. Did they accidentally leave a, an audio clip not there? Yes. <laughs> Have they screwed up? No. So. No, we, we are infallible creatures, but that's beside the point. Uh, I, I am okay. I've I've had um, about three hours sleep in the last two days, so uh, if I go a bit strange at any point during this, uh, that's a good explanation why. That's a little bit worrying, seeing as you're the sanity barometer. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. This, so This could go very wrong. <laughs> so if this podcast ends up like four hours long and end up like discussing the finer points of what makes a good rice pudding, then you know... I refuse to discuss that with you. There's no such thing as a good rice pudding. What? You're, 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 just, you're just wrong on that one. Okay, yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm scientifically not, though. <laughs> I I think the fact that rice pudding is a thing that people buy and eat is, is sort of a massive... Like, that's half of the problem with the world today. I, I think no. <laughs> that's why Trump was elected. I don't, I don't think that was the reason. <laughs> I think it might have been. Don't, I don't think it was. It's terrible. That's you're fit. simultaneously overestimating how bad rice pudding is and how many people actually eat it. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe people should need it, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a double whammy being wrong from both directions. Oh, please. This is like, I can knock that out on the way to work. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt, please, how are you? He's upset by the rice pudding discourse. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Apart from being, you know, hot, as is apparently standard now. That's, this, is, yeah, this is just the world now. This is the beginning of the Mad Max future. It's yeah. okay. Thanks yeah. to rice pudding and global warming. Um, yeah, they're both to blame. Who knows? I'm not going to sit here and divvy up the blame, but you know they are both definitely to blame. We are all melting and dying and dead. And dead. It's horrible. Drama Matt! Yes. What have you been doing? Um, melting. This week. Watching some more football, which has been good. I won't go into details again. Uh, I hear I, that football is coming home. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard. It's going um, back to Scotland. We'll, we'll see, but nah, it's, it's been it's been it's been good fun. The atmosphere has been nice. Yeah, good, good. Um, disappointedly, seen some news about dickheads doing oh, stupid yeah, things, but I kind of liken those to the sort of you know the dickheads that you get on video games. It's like it's such a small minority, but they're so very vocal. It yeah. Like, yeah. gives everyone yeah. a bad name, whereas actually a lot of the time the atmosphere has just been nice and it's a nice excuse for everyone to celebrate something for a change. <laughs> it doesn't happen that often at the moment. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, so fair. I'm kind of trying to ignore those dickheads, to be honest. That's fair. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, it's, it's enjoying that. Uh, playing a bit more Destiny, 
Um, but I think this is me done with it now for talking about it and playing it. Okay. So I've, I've hit a wall. I really enjoyed it, but now I'm just like, I'm at the point where, you know, I was moaning about the like, where it starts getting more grinding, the le- it gets harder to level up. Like, yeah. I've done, I've done both the expansions now, and then now I've hit that point at the higher level, but it's the same point. Yeah. But the only thing that I can seemingly do now to go up is that there's like the shared weekly strike thing, the nightfall strike, which you need to have friends to do. Or there's the raids, which you need to have friends to do. Yeah, the raids require quite a few people. The nightfall strikes are possible with just two people. Okay. Um, it, I, tried, I tried it by myself and I was very slow because I think you can still finish. There's like a reward for doing it fast, but I think you still get a reward for doing it really slow. You do, yeah. So I did that and I spent a good few hours on getting through it all and got to what I thought was the last boss and spent a few hours. I was like getting closer and closer, oh, but just dude. not quite doing it. And I was like, okay, that's hard. And then, I, can, I can see why that would uh, possibly sour you. That would be a hellish experience. Yeah, it was a bit annoying. And then I, the, the, the like, the strikes, which I guess are the um, dungeons equivalent, Effectively, the normal ones. Yeah. The heroic ones of those, I need to be a higher power level than I am now. The recommended. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I, there's, so that means that the three things I can do to level up, two of them I need to associate myself with other people. Which I'm, <laughs> I'm quite. I'm just really enjoying playing it solo. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's a solo wow, game. Yeah, dude, that's and know, and the and the other... here being like, hey, you know, I really want to play. Because well, it kept. Well, I, I I I asked a few times, and you were in inverted commas busy both times. So I've kind of given up on that. <laughs> you, you've got you've got way too much I'm sorry going on. That, you know, now that our, our quality of life is a little bit better, you know, now we have stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, I can't rely on you to be around all the time anymore. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck you and your getting better mental health. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. We're the fucking worst. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, it, and it was like I tried. There's like the guided thing that you can try, but then it says, "Oh, you're supposed to have like voice chat and things." I was like, "Oh, I, I, I can't be bothered to actually talk to strangers." So, oh yeah, yeah. and then That's yeah, the worse. other. So I was like, okay, so there are three things I can do to level up. I can't do. So, yeah, I think I enjoyed it while I, while it lasted. Yeah, yeah, I, I can totally understand but that. I think I've I've hit the wall. For now, anyway. Well, I mean, there's a new expansion out, like, relatively Yeah, but that's soon, really expensive. So... Yeah. Right? That's yeah. fucking Activision Blizzard for you. Because I, <laughs> I got the base game for 12 quid, I think, on, or as part of the monthly Humble thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so then I bought yeah. the two expansions with the bonus $20 voucher or whatever it was that I got with that subscription. So I haven't spent anything, sort of, on it yet. And then it's like the new one's like 30 or 40 quid or something. It's like if it was Destiny 3, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I said like way back when, uh, when there was, when I first tried Destiny and um, played the demo of it that you could play up to level something, I think like level 8 or something like that. Um, and I was like, yeah, at full price, I find it hard to justify. Mm. Yeah, I can um, see it. Yeah. Because I really, I did it, I, I really enjoy the gameplay. And like the whole yeah. way through, I've I've really enjoyed it. It's just now, it's just like, well, there's nothing I can do yet anymore. So if they bring in like a raid finder or a equivalent of that, I'd be tempted to get back. Yeah, I really do wish they did something like that because yeah, um, I've never been able to get a party together to do a raid. It's just been like, yeah, a dungeon's like the best we can manage. Well, a strike. Yeah. All right. Well, at some point, I, at some point, we'll find some time together, and I will just so I've done one of the nightfall ones. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, um, with someone with someone else helping you to do some of those things, um, getting some of that extra gear is a lot easier. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, um, but yeah, but I think yeah, I'm 
So look, I've started playing. Oh, I saw I played a game with Ruth. Oh. She's she's very hard to please with video games. It's not that she doesn't like them; it's just that she just can't sit still. Ever. She, yeah, she, her attention span doesn't really allow for. Well, yeah, it's not quite attention span. Like, because if well, she's reading a book or doing anything else, it's just that she, she has a good attention span when it comes to not video games. Yeah, and just not screened as well. Like we had mm. after this walk that I mentioned. Um, did I mention that on the podcast, or did I mention that before the podcast? We went on a walk. Pre-podcast. We went on a walk through the morning with like backpacks and hiking stuff, just to test out our new hiking stuff. And it was fucking warm. And we got back at like midday, and we were like, right, so we can spend the next like hours, close the shutters, get the fan on, get like just get cool and or as cool as we can, and just sit and watch telly and do nothing. And then it got a few hours in. She was like, yeah, I kind of want to go outside again. I was like, Ruth, come on. We had one day of, like, binging on some TV show. <laughs> but God damn, like, I can't we even watched, imagine I think, what I think that's we, like. I think we managed five episodes of Adventure Time. <laughs> so not even, like... Uh, Which um, is, like, yeah. 50 minutes. It's, like, just under an hour. And then we're like, okay, that's our day of binge tellying. <laughs> but I got, I've got... Um, we sat down for a good half an hour on a game together, which was nice. Yeah. Played, uh, have play? you played Hidden Folks? It's like, where's Wally, no. but... This sounds like it's a sex thing. It's not a sex thing. Mm. It's um like a black and white, although there is various colour options for like changing black and white to things that, if your eyes don't like black and white. Um, oh. But it's a black and white, hand-drawn, hand-animated, and hand-sounded. Like, all the sound effects are just a do go, boop, boop, or whatever. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Where's Wally type thing? Like, it's just a huge screen of, like, detail and things, and you just have to, like, spot the various different people or different I- items or whatever on the screen. So a hidden object game. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And you can, like, okay. click things to get out, chop down grass or move things <laughs> out of the way and things, and... Like there's like cars and there's just a guy going boom boom and things and it's just, it's <laughs> that kind sounds of, incredibly cute. It's kind of adorable. I can't remember when I, I bought it a while ago when it was on offer and I completely forgot I had it and I was like, this is a this is a day where I might be able to get her. Let's find a game that Ruth might like. I was like, ooh, <laughs> this might work. So you didn't think Dark Souls? I didn't yeah. think Dark Souls. No, <laughs> no. Basically any game. It's really upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I mean, she's already in Tekken 7, so... Well, yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I recommend that. It's, like, just to, like, go on for, like, a, a bit, and then there's, like, loads of levels, and, you know, once you found a certain number of things, you go on to the next level. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's that many of them, but... And there's little clues you can get if you start getting stuck, so it's not too frustrating. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I know cause there's, there's a load of, like, hidden object games you can get. Like, there's loads on, on like, the DS... Um, mm. Like loads got released, and there was a surprising amount on Steam, but uh, most of them are very shovel wary. So mm. yeah, no, this of... one's really nice. It's like yeah, cause it's all hand drawn. The first level, like it's quite zoomed in. You have a few things, and then you press the next level, and it's like it's like opening a Where's Wally book, like or Where's Waldo or Uwe Charlie <laughs> or there's, there's diff- I don't know why it has different names. In in I think it's Croatia. It's called he's called Willy, not Wally. Or this yeah. one. I happened to be looking this up the other day because yeah. Anyway, one of those sort of books where it, like it's like opening one of those, but the size of your monitor, like the dis- it's yeah, just intimidating and beautiful, and yeah, <laughs> I recommend it as a sort of you know in between other games game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that quite often um, there is far too much derision aimed at just casual gaming, mm. and it's like sometimes you just want to do something that's going to keep you occupied for an hour. Yeah, but how is that supposed to make your dingle feel stiff? <laughs> it, it does not increase my gamer score, and I guess that means it's not worth it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, finally, the last game, so my next one after Destiny, my next like, main game that I'm going to be working through um, is uh, Dishonored. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my friends is, like, so into that. Like, she loves everything about it. It's cool. I've played about... I've, I've just started... I've got... I've, I've, slight spoilers, but the game's, like, fucking old. Um, the first missions you... Should we say spoilers? I don't know. It's like... It's, it's the open, it's the, open, the first thing that happens is that you get framed, basically. Yeah. Um, which I think is, like, fairly common knowledge. Hence why it's called Dishonored, presumably. Yeah. So... Um. <gasps> <laughs> yeah that makes sense so I've done the escaping from prison mission and I'm just on the like first mission but the missions are cool though like so far they seem like you go on your first mission but then your first mission's kind of not open worldy but there's like you have this main thing to do but there's various side quests you can do on the way and exploring it's not like just this mission is half an hour and then you go back it's like I spent a good few hours doing different things side things within the mission mm. which is quite cool so it's I quite yeah I, I'm enjoying it so far it's quite a a good sneaky. I'm trying to go for a not don't kill anyone thing. Or oh, is it a low chaos run? Yeah, I don't know how many. See, I don't mind. Like, there's some people. There's a lot of. I want to kill the whale hunters. So far, is what I've learned. <laughs> Everything is well, based on like whale yeah. fat, and I think that's. Uh, and there's like loads of like accounts and things of describing like how they hunt these whales and how they basically torture them on the. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, okay, I kind of. So some people I might want to kill later on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, well, you only get like yeah. a few like deaths you're allowed, so just always make sure it's a whale hunter. Yeah, and I think yeah, like I each mission is like assassinating someone, and you are an assassin. So I, so I'm not going to go for a complete no kill. I don't get stealth games but... that are like don't kill anyone. Like Metal Gear Solid was exactly the same. Like it would lower your ranking. Well, not lower your ranking, but you get like a shittier ranking if you killed like everyone. Yeah. But it was just like, but they're all bad. Mm. Well, I, I always consider that... But they're naughty mans. That those... I mean, I know there is a proper narrative reason in Dishonored, but like in Metal Gear, I've always considered that to be a very meta kind of concept. Mm. It's not really about... Well, I mean, you know, as a general rule, rule, killing people is a bad thing to do. I mean, as a general rule... Like, even, even if they're bad people, killing them is bad. Yes, but video games. <laughs> so I can see why. I mean, I, I but, yeah, military well, video games. Yeah, I guess I kind, yeah. I kind of think of it like. Um, I guess you know, if you'd be like, oh, you want to get in and get out without anyone knowing you've been there. So yeah, yeah, like um, Snake, like you know, um, for for in from Snake's perspective in like Metal Gear, it would be well, it's a lot of hassle to kill and hide that many people. So if I can get I mean, through without having not, to deal with that, I've done it's just it. it's just a lot of paperwork afterwards. Right, because you've got to presumably every one, person you kill, you have to write like a justification why you had to kill them. Afterwards. Okay, so here's like, oh. why that's complete garbage. In Metal Gear One, <laughs> he, he shot bees at me. I had to kill him. <laughs> he shot bees out of his mouth at me. What the fuck was I supposed to do? <laughs> but yeah, like like Metal Gear Two, Start he's like, supposed to be dead, so he doesn't have any paperwork uh, okay. because he's technically a fucking terrorist at that point yeah well I mean it, it'd still be like a massive hassle like I mean to, to, to kill everyone and hide all the corpses they frame him in shit anyway and then in Metal Gear 3 he's on like a Black Ops mission that they, they have actively turned around and gone if you get caught we don't even know you. We, you know, we're gonna deny that you even fucking existed you're just some fucking crazy prick <laughs> with a gun who's just crossed the Iron Curtain <laughs> and at MGS4 who gives a fuck he's still a fucking like Fringe weirdo, then we don't count it because it's terrible. And Metal Gear 4 is not fantastic. Metal Gear 4 is not very good. <laughs> but then again, Metal Gear 2 isn't very good. 
Yeah. <laughs> a Metal Gear 5 isn't a Metal Gear game because there's not David fucking Hader in it. Yes, I am that petty. Does that mean that Smash Brothers Brawl is more of a Metal Gear game? Yeah, and look how many people he kills in that. <laughs> he does ki- Well, he does threaten to eat Yoshi, so... He does. Which is <laughs> a bit weird. He does. It's a bit glib. We're... Not really. Yoshi's, like, obviously, like, sentient. Yeah, and delicious. Well, to be fair, Yoshi does eat everyone else. At worst, he's sentient. At best, he's someone's pet. You don't go around eating people's pets. Like... Okay, that you can actually do that in MGS3, though. You can eat somebody's pet. You can, yeah. <laughs> okay. You can literally eat an old man's bird. Um... Ooh. That, that, mm. Which is... That's like the sexy viewer from subs- Subsistence. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. To sum up, I'm, I'm enjoying. I'm only, I'm only a few hours in, so I'll update next time. But so far, I'm enjoying it. The the, the world is is quite steampunky and beautiful. Mm. It's yeah. quite cool. I can't work out when it's like meant to be set, sort of thing, equivalent wise. But uh, I don't think weird. it really matters. But there's just occasionally like I, I you walk through and there's some weird tech thing and you're just like oh and it surprises you every time. It's like oh that's quite yeah. nice. Oh well, it's it's you know it's steampunk. Yeah, so no, I like it. Yeah. The, the, the most annoying thing about it so far is that every time I, have, I, I, I was like googling a few things about it just to sort of get my bearings and start. <laughs> I know exactly what you're about to say yeah um, yeah every time you google it you have to spell dishonored wrong so yep. it's yep. just fucking irritating <laughs> it's the for honour problem yeah mm-hmm. of like no that's not how you spell <laughs> honour it's uh... you're doing it wrong <laughs> very but, very British problems apart from being petty about minor language troubles I'm enjoying it. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, but that's but that's yeah. It's all I've, all I've been up to really. It's just been too warm to concentrate. It yeah, really seriously. Like, yeah. It's, it's suffocating, honestly. <laughs> so, how about you guys? Um, well, I played through an entire narrative video game. Meet and fuck three. Meet and fuck three. King of the, the fo- castle. Fox back. Um, Fox back, King of the Fox Fuck back. Castle. Um, no, I did not. For the first time, it didn't fuck back. It was just you, and then they were just it, like not. They were passive. They, uh, they, they, it was. They didn't really care. Starfishing. It, yeah, it was starfishing. Yeah. It was just, ugh, you know. Uh, no, you fuck no. The lady, um, the lady Fox back, my man. Damn, <laughs> damn, damn. <laughs> no, I actually played a video game that was remarkably real and serious at times. Ah, yes. And so I played through Night in the Woods. I really have been meaning to play more of that. Yeah, I really want... I've, it's, I've, I've imme- after um, seeing you tweet about it recently, I've been like, okay, immediately on the wish list. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... I, at some point, I will obtain. It looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah. so um, just, you know, just, uh, you know, if anyone doesn't know, it's like, there's there's not much gameplay to the game. It's it's mostly kind of just a narrative thing. There's a few little little more gameplay arcadey kind of moments, but there's guitar hero very moments. yeah very minor points. And they don't really have much impact on the story. Um, they're just kind of things that you can do, um, but it's mostly just going from place to place, talking to people, picking which path you want to go down. Um, exploring and talking to people you wouldn't yeah. normally do. To be but... fair, I mean, that sounds like it might be a little bit boring, but it isn't. Yeah, no, because it's made up for um, like the actual writing. Like, So, if you've not seen it, it's this very cartoony, very stylized thing where it's like a, a world full of animals, but it doesn't really treat them as if they're like anthropomorphized animals. For a start, there's like fucking dogs and cats and shit. And birds. <laughs> and <laughs> that are just those, and then there's like literally cat people as well. It's weird. But um, 
but you're basically playing as a character called May who's come back from college, like it's basically quit college, and has come back to her small town and like reconnecting with her friends and the people there and sort of having issues and then there is like a plot that's going off that's like wider and grander um but it it, it is that that side of the the story is like one of the weakest sides not that it's bad but it's just because it's kind of quite relegated towards a kind of end chunk of the game which under normal circumstances will kind of bother me a bit but the thing is most of the game is made up of these just nice little character moments between all the characters kind of talking and interacting. Yeah, I would say the the biggest strength of that game to me is the character writing. Yeah. It's um, just so well done. Because it like it straddles this really fine line of being ridiculously silly so you've got like the character of Greg. Greg rules, okay. Exactly. <laughs> Who is the lord of the snack falcon. And Good. Will like shout things like "It's time to go do crimes," mm. <laughs> uh, and like you'll you'll just like, like you'll like walk up you'll like go up to a car and be like, "Okay, why are we why are we like why why do I need to smash this car up? Because you've got a baseball bat." And he's like, I, "I need the battery inside of it." So you know, go smash the car. Yeah, smash the state. Smash capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> start smashing the car up. Great rules. Okay. Um. And it's, it's you know, it has all these silly moments, but then it all, like, go to these very real moments. Um, and I don't want to give any spoilers to specific things away, but it touches upon lots of topics. Like, uh, mental health is, like, quite a central thing. Um, the alienation that people suffer from, like, the situations in which, to which they are born into. Um, like, cause Speaking the people... as someone who spent a lot of my youth in a small town, that is too real for me already. Yeah, because, you know, you have characters that basically have kind of had their lives kind of decided for them by their place of birth and by accident, and they feel trapped, and them sort of dealing with that. Too real. Um, and yeah, de- dealing with, like, you know, just general mental health issues in some of the characters, and dives into things like abuse um, with some of the other characters as well. In, in varying forms. Um, and it's just really, really interesting. Um, mm. Also, the, the very interesting thing that um, I, I, I noticed and uh, kind of appreciated was that it's one of the very, very few games I've played that... How can I put this? Um, there's a lot of, of quote-unquote politics in the game. Um and they are all from a left-wing perspective. And I, when I say that, I mean an ac- actual, not liberal, like actual leftist kind of things, uh, ideas being being kind of talked about. And it's really interesting to see that because, you know, everyone always, everyone with a fucking sceptical YouTube channel uh, likes to pretend <laughs> that that's what all media is like all the time. Um, but it's not... Um, if you Get know anything about it. Get out of here with your SJW propaganda. <laughs> what do you mean I should be nice to people? Fuck you! How fucking dare you! Um, but because because of, you know, constantly being told that's what everything is like and it not actually being like that, to have something that does actually touch upon these topics and does isn't, like, super overt with it, um, it just kind of touches upon it in places where actually it's relevant to at least talk about these things. And so it was interesting. Um... You know, talk of unions and you know how how workers you know should uh, 
how, how you know workers are affected by the wider world. It's it's really interesting, and I I do really uh, really appreciate. It. I, it's one of those games which I I want to talk intricately about individual parts of it, but I don't because I don't want because it's all about the narrative. I don't want to spoil mm, any part yeah, of it. Yeah. How about we all play it and then do a spoiler cast? <laughs> yeah, just talk about it and just go. Oh my god, isn't it great? Great is rules, it, okay. <laughs> isn't B fantastic? How long is it ish? About eight hours. Okay. I was judging so it, what price do I want to buy it at? <laughs> um, it's definitely a game that I can recommend, like, wholeheartedly. If if you don't don't like games that are solely, like, a narrative thing, if you want if you want to play God of War, then this ain't, ga- ain't you know, going to be a game that's going <laughs> to, yeah. f- you know, scratch that itch. But if you just want a, a really interesting little narrative with interesting characters that goes to some weird places... Um, and he's also funny. No, nice. um, you know. Did you do a video on it a while ago? Yes. Yeah, I thought so, but it didn't really. Did it get? It didn't get into that into too much of the narrative. In no, that, it was you? still warming up. I mean, that's the thing with doing first impression videos. You know, like especially with like a little bit of a slow burn, it takes you a while to get into it. You can't really do that in a video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's most... difficult to portray, especially in like in the editing format that we use. Yeah. Oh, uh, one one of the minor point uh, before I move on. Uh, it does one of my um, what's oh what's the opposite of a pet peeve? Uh, like a fetish. <laughs> a pet yeah a pet fetish. Um, pet fetish uh, it, is a different that thing. Is a different you. thing. <laughs> Involves you wearing a collar. That's what drama has. <laughs> Maybe a little. Um, but it it has my uh, my my <clears throat> pet fetish uh, where an element of the game. Um, gradually introduces different layers of a soundtrack as you go. So there's these little mini-game parts that you do um, during some dream segments, and as you're going through, you're gradually activating extra instruments in the soundtrack. That's cool. So like, you'll find the accordion player first or whatever, and then you'll find the tuba player and then a saxophone player oh, and cool. a violin player, and it like gradually builds up. And I've always been a real big fan of that done in games or just done in media in general of like the gradual build up of a soundtrack I've always just really liked that so having that in there was like just a, just a little cherry on top mm. so yeah a very good game can wholeheartedly recommend um, the other game that I was going to talk about uh, ever so briefly is that I played Cluster Truck a bit of fun if anyone plays it it's, I think it's made by Tiny Build who do a lot of weird small things sorry that reminds me of uh when I was young, my brother's like six years younger than me, so when he was like five or six, he was he was like quite young. He uh, he played a game at an arcade called Big Mother Truckers. I am aware of that video game, yes. And <laughs> I was I was helping pick him up from kindergarten or something because he must have been younger than that, but he was quite young. Yeah. Um, and the kindergarten teacher was like. And and what do you want to do when when you go home? Basically, what have you been up to? And he's like, I played Big Mother Truckers. And she stopped. <laughs> and she looked at me. And then she looked at my mother and went, be careful how you say that, Al. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, he, he already got it. Like, for, like My was household like, was a nightmare for swearing. <laughs> he turns around and goes, oh, because truck sounds like fuck. <laughs> it's, like, not, it's not that bad, miss. I, didn't, I could have said cunt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So carry on with your story. Oh, um, just, that just triggered a memory. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's it's a weird little physicsy game where you 
It's basically the floor is lava and you have to get to the end point, but the part the only parts that you can jump on are moving trucks. Mother truck. that are driving at like breakneck speed, slamming into each other, like smashing into the side so of the basically balls and you've got to like oh like win a race with a bunch of truckers doing like a destruction derby kind of thing. Almost, but I mean death race and you've got I to mean, jump along the top. That's not it, but also kind That's of. Much it, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's one of those like those games where a, a completed run of something will last about twenty seconds, but it'll take you like twenty attempts to do. And so it's just like do it, fail, reset, do it, fail, reset, over and over and over it's again. Like Super Meat Boy. Yeah, kind of a Super Meat Boy style thing. Um, and so like in you know even at the end like you know it pulls you up in like a. Um, a leaderboard, which you you know you so you can see like you know how how either how oh, much you so destroyed that, all your huh, friends. Point at screen. Take that alpha booster. That's where that came from. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> yeah, he's apparently also played it. So like, I, I was apparently getting scores very close to him quite a few times. <laughs> so he was he was the metric by which I was measuring my uh, my success at that alpha point. Alpha bus as an entity is the metric in which we measure our own success. Yes. Yeah. Which is good, seeing as Alphabus as an entity owns you guys. Well, yes. Well, Alphabus as an entity technically owns you as well. This this whole thing is getting out of control. (laughs) At what point have we actually signed over my control to him? I I think it's been a while. (laughs) It's terrible. I just realised it recently, so... (laughs) But yeah, um, it's it's a fun little game. It's Cluster Truck. Um, It's... Given its nature, it is the sort of game you can just pick up and play for ten minutes. Like Devil Daggers. And just get a, little, a bit like, yeah, Devil Daggers. Um, but this actually has, like, you know, many levels to keep keep you entertained. Well, than just one level of fuck you. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, I find it strange that of all games you could have picked to describe a game like that, you pick Devil Daggers, which is not, like, a oh, particularly well known game. I don't thought of. I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. Um, I don't know how much it normally sells for because I think we got it in a Humble at some point. Um, so I, I don't know how good it is like for price point, but yeah, I've had some fun with it. It's I think like you know it, it's it, it is one of those games that I think you could buy it, play for like forty minutes or so, and then go yeah I've had my fill of that and never play it again. But also it might you know it might get in you and be like no I've got to get the best score or I've got I've got to beat this okay because you know so I'm, it's kind of parasitic or tick like one might say. Um, maybe a little. It hasn't really got into me like that, but then I don't tend to get into games quite like like that that bad either. So I'm I'm not an at risk group in that regard. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Apart from that, um, I was going to mention a few book related things. So I because you're a nerd. I am a nerd. Oh. Um. I finished uh, Mechanicum, uh, the Horus Heresy book. How was that? Uh, interesting because it's one of the ones that is not set from the perspective of an Astartes, so you actually get to see from a non-Space Marine point of view uh, the Schism of Mars in particular, uh, of what's going off, which is kind of interesting. You see a lot of knights and titans being, uh, oh you know, like, like how <laughs> they work and stuff, which is interesting. Um, yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, the like uh, the sort of main character, as it were, is a... Um, a lady called uh, Dahlia, who is sort of super good with tech, 
but like not in the way the Mechanicum usually is. Like she actually okay. understands how it works, like intuitively. Oh. Um, so she might as well just be. So she, she's busted out of prison by a, uh, a high like fucking adept. As I say, I assume they want to burn her. Uh, yeah, she well, yeah, basically. She, oh, she's this, this person is good at something. Fucking chuck him away. But she's ba- yeah, she's basically busted out by and a, a, you know high a, you know high end like adept who's like yeah I'm I'm like high up high up enough in the hierarchy that I can you know get you and say all right you know <laughs> you can come work for me and she's a little bit more like bright and chipper than most. Oh, um, that's just most... what the 41st millennium yeah. needs. Uh, oh, I guess the 30th. 31st millennium. millennium <laughs> uh, she also kind of has a Scooby gang, oh. uh, which is quite fun, um, including a um, Skitari, or Skitari, I'm not actually sure supposed to pronounce it. I've always said Skitari, but um, I've been told that a double I at the end of a Latin name is... Stupid? You're supposed to pronounce both of the I's. It's, yeah, I'm not sure Skitari-y. if that's... Something like that. Yeah, it's weird. Skitari-i sounds... I've, I've heard stupid. multiple multiple ones of it, and yeah, it's, it's weird. But um, he's he, yeah, he's one of those a guy called uh, Romu Thirty One, who's actually like part. Of, well, there's multiple of them that are called that because they're all kind of one entity yeah. almost. It's they're like the Jerry's from um, <laughs> okay. uh, Detroit Become Human, or, or Jerry's from uh, the, from um, thingy uh, Rick and Morty. Actually, I guess. Yeah. The Jerry's from that. I mean, I wouldn't say that that's a Rick and Morty reference oh, to the n- David Cage game because oh. he just. He's not. You have to have a very high intellect to understand Rick and Morty. <laughs> you have to have a very high IQ to understand David Cage. <laughs> if you fucking say so. Um, but yeah, he's he's um, this this Romu thirty one um, guy. So he's this big, like imposing, um, like like mostly mechanical, like not quite servitor because he's got you, you know he's he is like you know like his own person. He's not just like a, a slave thing. Um, but he's very, you know, like, humorless and, and very, um, stiff. Um, but he's kind of adorable because he does occasionally try and tell a joke which doesn't go super well. <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the road? What's a chicken? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, it's an ancient, te- it's an, a kind of ancient terror eagle. <laughs> ancient terror eagle. They were worshipped for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I, do, I, I quite like ticks. Yeah, you know, most of the, the heresy books I've read anyway, because I know there are others that are like this, um, but, you know, there's like over 40 of the damn things, so I've not read even half of them. It's fucking ridiculous. I kind of hope there was just 41 books. No. <laughs> uh, the, in the writing process, I know they are coming up to the Siege of Terror now. 41,000 books. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what they're going for. Or 31,000. Yeah. We will never know. <laughs> So it is interesting to see that because um, I haven't seen much of that in the books that I've I've read. Uh, only problem is is that because it's one of the books that though it has like I, I, Adalia would be I kind of considered that I guess is the protagonist of the book really, but it flits around to like there's there's like a Titan House it flicks to there's a knights uh, a couple of night pilots that it flicks to there's the stuff going on with the adept that's harder that's got um, Dahlia and it flicks to um, Cowboy Hell, uh, the chief fabricator, I think that's his title, of Mars, and the and the heresy that they go through. Um, so there's like enough like different segments of it that there's a few of those that 
kind of feel not fleshed out enough. Yeah. And I would constantly forget their names, so it'd take me like a paragraph into a chapter focusing on them to remember which one they were. Oh dear. Um, I think it's just the problem when you have a bit of a... You know, it's like an ensemble film, you know, it can be a bit difficult to, you know, get into the the intricacies of a character when you've got so many other characters to deal with. Mm, the Game of Thrones issue. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, although, Here yeah. are 47 main characters. <laughs> no wonder you've got to kill off most of the fuckers. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, but that's that's kind of a minor point. It, it's pretty good. Um, if you you know if you haven't read it and you want and you're reading the heresy books, it's it's not like a Descent of Angels where it, you can just fucking miss it. It's like no, no, this is this is an interesting one. So I read it. Um, I have also started a new nineteen uh, sixty sci fi compilation book. Oh, good. Um, which uh, I've read a couple of stories from. Well, I've read the first three stories. Um, so I just wanted to mention. A couple of little things. Now, I haven't encountered a planet full of donut people and the living flesh of the Earth. Then what's um, the point? Um, the first story was, like, um, sets in, like... It was actually weird because it refer- I think it does use the term holy terror at one point yeah. because it's like humanity had left Earth and then has, like, gone back to try and take it back and has ended up with a, in a holy war with um, this other, like, alien race... That's um, it's the chaos. T- no, no, they. Um, it's basically an alien race that have like I think they've like scientifically, mathematically, like and it's. Almost, I think it was almost like space ley lines. Like Earth is like important to them by that kind of metric, and was like no, Earth is important. This is a holy site for us, and humans are like, but this is where we came from. It's a holy site to us, hence holy war, basically. Mm. And yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Um, and there's another one I read where basically it's a bloke trapped inside a giant clock and he gets angry and breaks it and that breaks time. Oh, what a prick. Well, that um, escalates. Yeah. yeah. Um, that went places. It's like, okay, that's the thing. Uh, the book is called, oh, I've got it on here, Best New Sci-Fi Stories from New Worlds 3. Because New Worlds was apparently a sci-fi, like, um, I think it was like a magazine that came out and would have, yeah. you know, those, those, like, they did that, like, I don't know, like do a month or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they'd be full of short stories. Um, and this one's edited by Michael Moorcock, who um, people might know as the the guy that Games Workshop <laughs> stole the concept of chaos and the eight-pointed star from. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's pretty much exactly. Um but yeah, I wanted to mention uh, the second story in it briefly because it's basically um, set in a world that has more stories written in it. But because um, this is just a short story compilation thing, I have not got any of this context okay. um, of what these other stories were like. Um, you gradually kind of piece it together that it's basically set in this in a sort of present day or present day when this was made anyway, um, where there's a war that's gone on and they've effectively, like, weaponized drugs. Like, LSD specifically, as I think what they base the things on. So, the general populace is high off their fucking tits all the time. Just... <laughs> How does anything get done? It basically doesn't. Um, they're all, okay, like... Okay, well, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Just being weird, like, so, like, there's a... I've got to ask. Is the main bad guy who's, like... Bad company then, or whatever. You're, 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 you're reading way too much story into it. No. There is no bad guy. No, I'm saying, like, the person, like, whoever put out all the LSD, is it basically the Umbrella Corps? 
because that is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I have literally no idea. I, I can't. I, I would have to read more of the book, more of them, and I don't want to because it was crap. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but it's like setting this like because everyone's like off their fucking tits and he's like they're all trying to like find the a new guru almost who like can write songs because like basically kind of trippy psychedelic culture is like what everyone's into almost it's weird yeah. like a guy gets in an argument with someone and like pushes him into the road he gets run over and get killed and well i'm not surprised that the guy's wife the guy, everyone's on lsd yeah, the guy's the guy's wife who was pushed into the road is like oh my god how could you do that so the guy kind of kidnaps her and then like a day later she's like actually my husband was a bit of a wanker so i might as well have sex with this new guy and then they they kind of have sex but mostly just kind of get naked and kind of just wriggle around together and don't actually have sex it's like what the fuck is going on here but i found a sentence in this book that i had to um, take a picture of and i put on twitter i remember seeing this um sentence so they're they're in um like a place where they're looking at graffiti and what it says here, what it says in the book to describe the graffiti, because it writes some, some of them out and has a bit of commentary on it, which is uh, messages in pencil or blue crayon. Young guy snogged here. Bill Hopkins only loves me. Cunt scrubber. Good. The um... protagonist, or the, or at least the um, narrator at this point, um, then uh, adds commentary on this, going, "What was a cunt scrubber?" Something like a loofah or a person. Good opening for Bright Lad. Um, were they on LSD while writing this? I uh, would not surprise me. Because yeah, the whole... honestly, this is fucking dumb. Yeah, most of it is written in that kind of like slightly weird, fragmented way, which yeah makes the whole thing incredibly <laughs> they annoying went full to read. Method and didn't realize how irritating it would. It be was received. kind. It was kind of like reading a very short version of Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, which, mm. if you don't know, is a Lovecraft story about fucking nothing and is fucking long. And you keep reading it, expecting it to get to a goddamn point, and it and never it does. It's the worst. <laughs> um, this is like that, except instead of being like a hundred pages long, it's like ten. So, That's, oh god, it's that bad after only ten pages. Yeah, I mean it's probably a few, but it's probably like twenty or something. But yeah, it's it's just yeah, uh, it was just such a weird entity. But yeah, I'm like halfway through this book now, so um, I I probably won't talk about what's what's left in it next time unless I get something like the weird donut thing again. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, um, old 60s sci-fi books, if you can find them in charity shops or whatever, they are an interesting read, because it's interesting to see... Yeah, it's interesting to see what sci-fi was like when people were literally throwing everything against the wall. Because this is is like just post-original series Star Trek, pre-like Star Wars by over a decade, well, by nearly a decade. So it's it's before what was codified as modern sci-fi happened, mm. and they were experimenting with high concept stuff. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it was terrible. But sometimes you know. it was donut flesh. But it's it's usually interesting, at least. Um, but yeah, um, that is me uh, done with things to talk about. So, Snipe, what have you been up to? Well, on the topic of books, I've been doing some oh, reading. Dear. Yes, <laughs> I know what you're going to talk about. I don't want it. So while we're on our op shop 
like uh, trip looking for some old sci-fi, I came across a uh, video game novelization that I just had to buy because I have no imp- impulse control and I have a very self-destructive personality. That's that's very true. It's very true. I bought Homefront, the voice of freedom. <laughs> now, if you don't remember... Homefront was the Call of Duty knockoff that came out quite a few years ago. Um, in the game world, Kim Jong-un decides to just, hey, you know what, South Korea, let's be mates. And they go, yeah, right. And then they invade mainland USA after yeah. conquering, like, the East. Basically, the whole plot of it is they really wanted to make the antagonist China. But, but they then... couldn't because they're fucking cowards. So they made a situ- <laughs> So they basically made an alternate universe in which they could make it so that Korea was effectively China. Yeah. In terms like of like world power all status. Of, all of the like electronics and shit. It's just fucking weird. But... Yeah. So yeah, in in the video game, you're basically like, oh god, everything changed since the Koreans attacked, and you're like, there's a part when you're on a bus and there's literally two, like it shows you two two all American people, a male and a female, presumably married, and they're like fucking five year old kid going, no, mummy, daddy, and then there's literally like three Korean troops that just put them up against a wall and shoot them in front of the kid and walk off. It Very... is so fucking badly done. It is yeah. just so badly written, and it's like exploitative, exploitative, um... and it's just like that scene just sums up the entirety mm. of Homefront. Uh, and so you read, well, you read some of. Uh, I read like the, the first novel. few chapters of it, and it. I don't think it follows. It's been a while since I played the game, but I don't think it follows the uh, the people from from the, the game. Because it's like set in the universe of the new upcoming epic game, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> and like you follow this guy, and it's, a, it's like okay. So first off, shock horror for a video game novelization. It's not fantastically written. Shock horror. Shock horror. That was me pausing so you could just you know you could clean up your 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 tea that you've obviously dropped on your on your floor and shattered. Oh yes. Or clean your monocle that you dropped in your drink. Yes. Yes. Um, And it took me until page three before they said something really racist. Yeah. Okay. It's like, it starts off with, oh, they're trying to get a radio working. And, like, there's just the the Korean army, like, the the unified Korean army just walking towards them. And, like, oh, yes, and devastating. Like, it costs, like... It's like they're like, oh, it costs, like, ten dollars to ride the bus. Because... And I'm like, bitch! (laughs) It cost me $10 to get to town on the bus. <laughs> well, it doesn't. But it's like, literally, like, a bus ticket over here is is more than $10 for the most part because everything's fucking bullshit and privatised. And it's like, gasoline is like, tw- like, like, like $20 a gallon. So, you know, I have a motorbike and it's really cool. And it's like, I, I just, I get like $60 worth of gas, but then you need to go on a wait list for gas <laughs> and it's like okay we get it life is terrible and then he's like the main character is like a journalist and he's like seeing as you know, paper and magazines are completely fucked now I have to write for the internet it's like so you, you can no one can afford gas and everything sucks and and you you have all this basically broken equipment because North Korea apparently supplied the world with everything they needed yeah and now they're not doing that. But you still get fucking BuzzFeed. 
apparently. Because he basically writes for BuzzFeed. After the apocalypse, BuzzFeed is the only thing that will be left. Yeah. And it's just oh, like, God. he's talking about like... Which one of these mutated scorpions, uh, scorpions are would you? you are, are you? Which one would you pick? It would tell us which character you are from fucking Fallout. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. And like, he's, he's, he goes on this big internal monologue, basically being like, I am so smart. I don't like celebrities. Oh, I'm so clever because I completely find everything about modern culture disinteresting. I'm so clever. And it's like, look, sitting there and complaining about literally everything, and I appreciate how this sounds coming from me of all people. <laughs> Currently complaining about him complaining. No, but this is the thing. I have, I have so many other parts of my personality. Like, I would like to sit there and talk about things I like as well, and I do. I talk about 40k, I talk about all these other fun things. But to literally criticise with nothing to add, mm. it's, well, it's not even criticising, it's just fucking moaning. Like, he's like talking it's just, about... You know what it is? It's listing off the things that the um, chief demographic that we're expecting to read the book don't statistically like. don't like. Yeah, so it's like, so. I don't like Korea, BuzzFeed, <laughs> celebrities, Kim Kardashian... People who don't want to touch my wiener. Yeah, it's like weird shit like that. And the thing is, he's not offering any kind of... It's like, oh, people these days are so stupid. They only care about the new celebrity fix. It's like, if you're generalizing like that, you need to think a bit harder. Yeah. Because... Yeah, it's like he even goes, oh yeah, they're just trying to escape the horrors of, of our everyday life in this first world country that I've just given gas problems to. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, okay, you maybe want to have some sympathy for those people that that is really their only outlet. It's like you, you couldn't be a bit more three-dimensional there. And empathy go, for your fellow man? No, it's that's, like... That's not... It's like, no, it's, you're, not, you're just going to be a fucking stuck-up... How could he be an all-American hero if he has empathy for people? <sighs> I did see this great tweet. It's like, Snowflake is a sociopath's way of describing somebody who has empathy. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and he's like, God, all these people, they're not smart like I am, and I don't like anything. It's like, okay. Because he literally doesn't like anything. Yeah. Well, presumably he likes himself. I don't know. Would that be considered uncool for a protagonist? Um, yeah, Whatever. Maybe. But yeah, and he's just complaining a lot, and then it's like, but this guy is the voice of freedom, which makes me laugh. Because yeah. he's literally got nothing to say. <laughs> And there's like, it goes into really serious detail about the weapons these people are using. It's like, oh, because of course these, the, the, the entirety of the Korean army is watching to, walking towards this school in this dystopian America. It's like, so everyone's just hanging out, collecting their kids from fucking school. It's okay, like... I'm sure there is some functionality remaining. And then they just open fire, and I'm not sure why. Because they're like, oh, we're all hiding, and then like, what? Like, there's like an old guy who keeps spitting out like brown phlegm. Like, they go into massive detail. It's like, oh yeah, this guy's like coughing and hacking and spitting out brown globs. It's like, okay, he's an old guy. He was in the National Guard or fucking whatever. And it's like, oh, he has like this Chinese fucking rifle, and it goes into like the fucking model, and it's like it keeps mentioning. It's like, oh, he raised this. I can't remember what it was. It's it's one of the weird just kind of like number ones. Because, you know, guns aren't usually named after numbers. And, like, it's, like, talking about this, and I'm like, okay. And it's, like, he looked at his comrades, like, and, like, as they, they fired their M14, M4 and M16s. And I'm like... You know... What? 
You know, uh, you know when people mock uh, fan fiction writers when they get like super honed in on what a character is wearing, where yeah. they sit there, you know, say, "Oh, and it, I was wearing, I was wearing today, black I was wearing black and, nail yeah. varnish with pentagrams on yeah. them and a T-shirt that said fuck the police.'" Yeah, you know, when when people mock that, I'm gonna say when books. And this is and I this is just as prone in like big fit in like proper published fiction as well. When they get super obsessed with minor details and explicitly stating what gun and model and mods they have, that is just as bad. Yeah, I mean it didn't it's get not necessary. that serious, but I am only like thirty fucking pages in. But like yeah, it just keep keeps name dropping M fours, M sixteens, and I'm like Okay. I'm Steve gonna be fired honest. his gun is fine. No, no, it, instead of like, oh, like, you know, like, so-and-so, like, looks over to see if, if, if this person is doing well while, like, you know, like, l- like, reloading his gun. It's like, oh, he looks over at this person and then heroically reloads his M4. Yeah. It's like, okay, so I'm gonna start, like, these weapons aren't inexpensive. M4, the, you know, the Mattel 16, they're not inexpensive. They're fancy guns. You're not. You don't think that maybe in this horrible dystopian future you can just get whatever gun you can lay your hands on. Say maybe a cheaper rifle would be more easier to get a hold of. I think the, the problem with no. home, the problem with home front in general has always been that its world doesn't make a great deal of sense. It doesn't make a great deal of and sense. Trying to and make sense out of it only I mean, hurts you. To be fair, could I say this is a really good? Adaptation well, because, because it's shine. Because it's terrible and doesn't understand yeah. fucking anything. Just I, like the video game. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it is the best adaptation of Homefront. It maybe it's the best like game adaptation, like novel adaptation mm. there is. I hear the second Homefront is also terrible. Shall we move on to something that's less horrible? <sighs> I would not recommend Homefront: The Voice of Freedom because <laughs> it is. Slightly worsely written than the game, which is saying something. Which is saying something. Uh, I've, I've, I'm going to lighten the palate now. Yes, good. This is the the bullshit sandwich I'm doing. This is the delicious meat in the middle. Okay, yep. good. I've been playing a good bit of game dev tycoon. Mm. I have too. I have too. Oh, it's yeah. a re- really fun little game. Like it's we streamed a bit of it, which was the first time I played it. Confused the ever loving heck out of me. <laughs> But when I got a hang of it, it was actually a lot of fun. And I like how werewolf is a genre. Because I'm literally just making so many werewolf games. Because it, there's <laughs> just no werewolf games at all. And that upsets me because you could have some good ones. But I don't know how to make them. Uh, yeah, if anyone knows um, any games that are werewolf video games, um, please let us know in the comments. Because all I can think of offhand is there's a part in Skyrim. Yeah, fucking. Is, well, yeah, yeah. You can be a werewolf in Skyrim, and it looks you terrible. Can be a shitty werewolf. <laughs> um, there's Walden and the werewolf. Walden and the werewolf. There's, there's a Which few. Doesn't count. Yeah, there's there's fucking old. Oh, what's it called? The one that um, oh, the one that that tried to like have takedowns on everyone. I can't fucking remember, but it's a really cheap piece of shit game it's the one where um it helps to have a map comes from oh shit that one yeah uh, but that was that was garbage but the only ones i can really think of offhand are twilight princess which obviously has a you know a lot of werewolf shit in it mm. and wolf child and i guess altered beast i like the a only... werewolf rpg or something yeah that's, the that's only... what i kept making and making millions of fucking dollars with <laughs> 
Yeah. Because there's just no one doing that. It's like, look, if vampires who suck, no joke, no pun intended, vampires are lame and terrible, if they can have some really good RPGs, why can't werewolves? I don't want to hear, well, they have, they have werewolves in vampires. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I want werewolf the masquerade. Fuck vampires. <laughs> Horrible. Zero out of ten. Don't like. Unless you're a Malkavian, in which case I love Malkavian. <laughs> because they are so fucking daft. But, um... Yes, Dame, Ga- yeah. Game Dev Tycoon, very good, very fun. Not much really to say about it, apart from it's a Game Dev Tycoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is kind of fun about it is how everything's not quite got the right name, so it's like, oh yes, the new console <laughs> from Nimvemto. Yeah. The Nintendo yeah. new. Yeah, the new is what the Wii's called, yeah. and the, yeah. the NES is the TES. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it the G sixty five or whatever. So the the Commodore sixty four. It is the G sixty four. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah I, I can't um, remember. What's really interesting is it does cover a lot of elements of um, of game history, or like quite on the nose. So, like for example, um, it'll be giving you like news of when consoles come out, and if you have a knowledge of like the history of video games, you can kind of like know what trends to follow. Because you know which consoles did well and which ones didn't, so and you can meta game a bit. Well on which uh, which console? Yeah, because they they do kind of mostly line up pretty accurately. Oh, okay. Um. So like you know, it's like little things like when you um like during the tail end of like the SNES Mega Drive era, it's like oh yeah, Nimvemto, and I can't remember what the Sony equivalent is. It's Vonnie, I think. Yes, Vonnie. It's, it's double N, so it'd be Vonnie. Yeah. Um. But, like, they, they basically, um, it shows, like, them, like, getting together to make the original, like, prototype PlayStation. Yeah, because originally Nintendo had um, basically contracted Sony to make the PlayStation. And then that fucking fell through. And then, yeah. and then Sony went, fuck you, we're releasing the PlayStation. And then it was a massive commercial success. Yeah. So um, it would have originally been the Nintendo PlayStation, which is like something weird. your grandmother would say. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it actually, a filthy casual. it covers things like that, which is <laughs> which is really interesting. Um, that it does it does come kind of acknowledge. My those. favorite part is when the um, the Xbox One is announced. Well, the, it's like the the M box first or something. Yeah, and it's like it's basically bragging about how it'll you know you like it'll destroy the second hand market and you have to be online constantly and it has to check in with you once a day and how oh yeah this is just the way gaming is so stop complaining. And then immediately after you get another news report going, they immediately backpedaled on all of this bullshit because they realised it was dumb and fucking harmful. Which is kind of because they've obviously it's so funny. What I find interesting is they've obviously updated it since the game originally came out because it's from like 2013. Jesus, and so they've like updated it like post, like obviously afterwards to add in um, like new things like the switches in there. Um, So they've added in things that weren't announced when the game came out, which is kind of interesting. Um, One element that I haven't really even talked to Snipe really about because I did I've done most of it like while. Um, you've been sleeping. Um, they added a pirate mode. Oh, um, the one thing I do remember about this game is that it does have an anti-piracy thing. Where... Oh, the anti-piracy. I was going to mention the yeah. anti-piracy thing on it. Yeah, where if you don't know, um, there was a few people who would complain on forums and like email the devs or tweet at them, complaining quite vocally that I oh I get to this part in your game. And it basically becomes incompletable because it auto fails me with a pop up of text that says, 
piracy has destroyed the games industry. You can no longer continue. And they were talking about how terrible this is. To which the devs turned around and went, that's literally only happens if you've pirated the game. Yeah. <laughs> Embarrassing loads of fucking yeah. people, which I think is hilarious. Um, now, you see, because they, they added in uh, a, a pirate mode where it's basically like the hard mode of the game, where basically everything you make, if you don't have any copy protection on it, gets pirated so hard, it's basically nigh impossible to make a profit on anything. You have to, like, put... And then you have to try and balance, like, your copy protection and how you deal with your PR. Yeah, so you've got to be more like Steam and less like fucking Origin. <laughs> yeah, like, you have to try and manage manage these things and as you grow. Uh, there's, like, an achievement that, like, only 0.6% of players have got. That is for beating the first time period. Jesus. <clears throat> Which I did get. I have got that. Alright, um, 6%. <laughs> admittedly, I think it's so low because it came out so long after the game's initial release. Yeah, so. I think that's more the reason. I mean, it is difficult. You do have to, like, know exactly what to do. But, you know, um, it is a very low percentage. I think it is the lowest percentage achievement we actually have on Steam, honestly. Um, but... It's an interesting thing because yeah, you have to like get you know you, you it says at the end like how much your copy protection works. So like to begin with, like it's oh yeah, like seventy percent of people have pirated it, and you're like oh shit. You have to start off. You have to start making text adventures because everything else costs too much money. I want to make a text um, adventure game in real life. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I don't know. Just that's that's the first games I played yeah. were text adventures. I, I couldn't understand most of the words, but I had a good guess. <laughs> Well, you should just do it. Well, it's going to be a sext adventure. That's fine. <laughs> it's not really. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, finally onto a good game. I've been playing Resident <laughs> Evil Six. <laughs> I've been playing. I've been the, started streaming on Thursday evenings with Longfang, one of our mods, uh, and I don't know why he puts up with me because I've made him play Resident Evil Six with me. That is the worst thing you've ever done to another human being. It really is, and I've done a lot of bad things to people. Like, you know, made them dinner. Hey. Because I'm not a very good cook. Ah! Whoa. Yeah. Resident Evil 6. Where to oh begin? Oh my goodness. Where to begin? It's honestly the best game in the franchise. Um, The best story... <laughs> I can't even fucking continue. So yeah, if you've been living under a rock, Resident Evil 6 wasn't very good. It was not. It was not very well received commercially. There's a reason for that. Wasn't very good. <laughs> I've been like... Because we played through the Leon and Helena campaign, and I'm super, super into that, because Matt Mercer, my boy, Laura Bailey, my girl, so okay with that. <laughs> so that that made it fun in and of itself. But yeah, so I've been playing through that, and that was, that was entertaining, it was like towards the I end, saw... it got really slapstick and really Resident Evil, and it was so much fun. I think maybe I... because Longfang and chat yeah. was there. I, I, was, <laughs> I think I was assembling or painting a model, like whilst whilst you were doing that, and occasionally you'd look up and just see the stupidest goddamn oh! bullshit I've ever seen in my life, my and then just be like, "Yeah, that's yeah, Resident Six. You are going through like this really cramped like cityscape, and you go through this building that's like you go through a butcher's basically, and there's like. Because of the net coding being so poor, Longfang went first, and this thing jumps out and it slams you into a quick time event. It starts like the zombie thing starts shaking you, and, and then like Longfang obviously couldn't 
do it because the netcode was so fucked and the buttons weren't registering properly. So it failed the QuickTime event. So basically, this thing picked him up by the ankles and shoved him into a meat grinder head first, while my character in the background is just staring onwards dispassionately. Just like... She's always like this. (laughs) She loves being minced. Kinky lady. I was just like like doing this weird thing where you were like surfing on a shark. That was weird. (laughs) Especially because it glitched and Longfang was supposed to be in this big zombie shark's mouth. And he was just stood on top (laughs) of the thing. Because the model had reset and she was standing on top, just chilling. And I'm like clambering up the side trying to fucking punch it or whatever. But yes, uh, because you've been playing this as part of your your Thursday cooperative streams, which do actually have a a proper name now. Yeah, that you picked and we couldn't think of anything better. Yep, that's how how everything on this channel works. It really is. (laughs) But yeah, no, we've, we've, we've dubbed it Uncooperative Thursdays. Good. Because you're going to be playing cooperative games. we're going to be playing games. a lot of cooperative games, yeah. and I'm not really a team player. If anyone's <laughs> caught any of my uh, any of my or our streams, you'll know I'm not very good at, like, I don't know. <sighs> my passive perception's pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> my spatial awareness is non-existent, and I end up getting really bogged down in stupid bullshit. Drummer Matt as a DM is just sitting there going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> But no, I was, I like, for example, poor Longfang, and I don't mean to do this, I'm just really bad at video games. Longfang was, like, trying to do something, I don't know, I wasn't really paying attention. It was important, though. And I was, I just found out that I could run and slide on the floor. So that's what I was doing. Yep. <laughs> While he was trying to beat the video game, I was just like, woohoo, I'm sliding on the floor, look at my butt, woo! I got a greased up butt. I can slide for miles. I covered myself in, in baby oil, and I'm just gonna go. So that's yeah. And now we're under the uh, the Chris campaign, which oh god, is that bad? I love that's Chris the... Redfield, and ooh, this is making it difficult. The Chris Redfield campaign is the one that the one that thinks it's Call of Duty, right? It's really Call of Duty. I mean, like to be fair, Resident Evil Six is very actiony anyway. But oh god, it's just too much. It just does not suit the format at all. It's fucking irritate. I mean, the story is kind of like, you play as Leon and Helena in the first one, and then it's kind of like, you go through a, a segment, and then you meet up with Chris, or you meet up with Sherry and fucking Jack, the the wanker, or whatever his name is, I can't remember. And, oh, like, an Ada, because, oh god, I hate Ada's voice actress. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, but if your character, every time she talks, is, oh, Leon, good to see you. If she talks, it's like, if that's seriously done, even for Resident Evil, that is so fucking irritating. <laughs> Just fuck off. It's so annoying. <laughs> and you basically, and then you go onto Chris and and mm. Piers, Piers nipples. We started calling him. Good, because uh, we don't like Piers. He's a little fucking bitch child. He's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like him. And like, you meet up with Leon, and you kind of play up to the point where you meet up with Leon. Yeah, and yeah, and it kind of like all intertwines and shit. What would be very interesting in a better game? <laughs> very well put. Um, but yeah, like the like you have a different HUD, which I thought was a nice touch, but it's also a bit oh, yeah. confusing. I completely forgot about because that. Leon has a HUD because he's like you know, he's got Hunnigan on the line and he's he's fucking got his phone out, which is like a weird bit of glass or whatever because glass phones are now a thing. And like Chris, because he's in the BSAA, is a bit more military, and mm. it's like it's hard to understand because it's not massively well implemented the HUD change because you're like, well, I. Don't know where this is now, but sure. But changing the hood mid-game to represent a different character is something that's... F- 
a far more interesting idea Again, than a good idea. Again, it's a good, good idea. idea implemented terribly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we've been we've been slogging through the Chris campaign because it is really not very fun. It's just it's like there's the part in like Eastern Europe where you have to go and kill a bunch of like like there's like a couple of, like there's like three AA guns you need to go and take down, which is the most Call of Duty. Yeah, what? Resident yeah, Evil has ever survival yeah. horror taking down AA guns. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But the thing is, you, Do you remember when this... it was about zombies in a mansion? <laughs> about three months ago, there was an incident involving zombies in a mansion. <laughs> That's my favorite line from Resident Evil Two. It's so fucking good. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> but yeah, and there's like these giant zombimbos like flopping about. And they're, like, near the AA guns. And there's zombies on the AA guns, because now zombies are, like... I can't remember what virus we're on now at all. But it's, like, they have a bit more sentience about them. Yeah. Well, depending on the type... Whatever. And so you go and, like, this... You literally have a dead meat character called Finn. Oh, And it's, like... Hey, like, he literally just, he like, hey, uh, Captain Redfield, I just want to say that I'm the biggest fan and I love your dick and I'd love to, like, jack you off sometime. And he's like, thanks, kid, you're gonna go far. And you're like, that kid's so dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna be the catalyst for Chris's PTSD. Well, you know that, like, Resident spoiler Evil... Spoiler alert, that's exactly what he is. Like, Resident well, to be, actually, not even Resident Evil, Capcom's, like, writing oh, department bad. is basically just a long series of cliches that they cobble together into a story. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes it's fun, but sometimes. The thing is, like, yeah. a lot of the time it's really charming and it's so yeah, bad that yeah. it's amazing. Like, Resident Evil 1's voice acting was so. and, like, the story was so fucking terrible. It made the game actively better. Yeah, yeah. It's like, does a loop round, but this one is just like, like, with like Leon and, and fucking Helena, it was, it was fun, but daft. And this, like, <sighs> fucking, I have heard the Chris campaign is the worst one, so hope, mm. we're slogging through that. Um, we're actually like thinking like of the future going, yeah, let's just play a good, let's play Resi 5, because it's way better. So we're probably like, play Resi 5, you know, after we've completed Resident Evil 6 on stream. How the times have changed. People consider Resi 5 a good game. Yeah, that shows you how bad Resi 6 is. <laughs> I mean, again, I thought I have this, such a weird draw to this game and I've always kind of... It's, it's like, I had the same thing with Homefront, weirdly enough. Yeah, you did. But that immediately was, like, turned off. Because, I mean, I've always kind of liked Resident Evil. I, I don't know why what it is. It's just... It, I don't know. It's just a staple of, of like, growing up, I guess. So there's a lot yeah, of nostalgia yeah. there and... And like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. This is something about it that I find comforting, and I like it. <laughs> Even Resident Evil Six, like, it's just nice to see my boys and and, and girls again. So it's except for Ada. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so you're going to be continuing to play this. We're going to be Thursdays, continuing to play that on Thursday evening at like six, at uh, seven p.m. GMT. Because um, yeah, now from basically, um, I don't know how like much we've made this apparent, but yeah, these days uh, we stream every Saturday at seven p.m. English UK time. time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, now you've been you're streaming every Thursday. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we actually do two streams a week now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. That's, then, like, it's actually we a schedule have, and everything. Yeah, we have a thing. If you go on our Twitch page right now, twitch.tv forward slash Yep. Uh, 
there is actually in the the thing under the video player there is a countdown timer to the next stream. Yeah, which is a fun thing that I which figured out Which is super to do. cool. So you know, yeah. if you ever want to know when we're streaming? Just you, I mean, you can still tweet at us. We like talking to you. But still, <laughs> but no. And so we've been playing that, and it's like chat, having chat there, just and like having long fight, just the shooting the shit, making fun of the game. Just being twat. It's it's like it's it's been so much fun. I've actually been really enjoying Resident Evil Six with everyone. Just having everyone there is like it's like a support group. <laughs> support group for Resi Six. It yeah. is. <laughs> it's very good. No, I get that. I get that. I wouldn't recommend Resident Evil Six unless you have like you know unless it's very much on sale and you have like a weird soft spot for Resident Evil and you have a friend to play with it because like if you have a friend to play with you can play some of the most abysmal oh, games yeah, yeah. the most abominable fucking games and you'll still have a lot of fun oh yeah absolutely so speaking of playing games with friends we should probably do that thing that we've not talked about in fucking ages oh yeah because yeah we haven't really played D in a while or we have, but just in very short bursts. Yeah, yeah like, weird like an hour or something here and there. Yeah, because, you know. So we've. You see, like mm. I blame one of one of the uh, the members of the group. I'm sorry, I just got to call her out, Sarah. She's just because she's pregnant and tired all the time. I know. It's totally. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. But seriously, congrats, sir. Um, but since <laughs> it's been a while since we covered um, our D and D adventures, um, we've got a lot to go. Through. We've got we've got like what would what would sort of appear to be like one session, but this is actually like four very small four, four or smaller five very sessions, small sessions like kind of cobbled together over the period of months. It's yeah. weird, like how how we've been playing it recently. Mm. Um, but just to kind of give a quick summary to the adventure and the characters you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, so drummer Matt here is our DM. He's he's the the dominatrix of the dungeon. Um, dominatrix uh, of dungeoneering. Yep. yep. The double the double D. The, the double, double D. D. <laughs> I am. Uh, I play Johnny, the dwarven barbarian. Barbarian. Um, the, who, who's yes on the side is a, an entertainer. Um, I play Nathan, Nathaniel Galahalt, the warlock and most beautiful man in the world. That is definitely. That's a, how he'd introduce himself. I'm yeah. not being weird. Um, then we have our friends Ash and Sarah who play the Elven Rogue Talus and the, the accordion playing cheese sandwich making Elven Rogue yes. Talus. And then we have Sora, the uh, the Dragonborn Wizard. Yes. Who is such a bookworm that she doesn't she's not very good with social situations and she ends up being incredibly intimidating and scary. <laughs> And um, the, the, the relevant part of the story up till now, because even people that follow us have probably forgotten it at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Um, is we had just saved uh, the Nakatomi Plaza, sorry, um, the mayor's <laughs> house from a diehard style um, invasion from a bunch of people. Um, and one of them survived and we were going to go and see them the next uh, the next day to basically interrogate them to find who out who sent you yeah, to find out who sent them and try and you know maybe go do something about that yeah and that's where our multiple disjointed sessions started yes so when last we left our heroes we had gotten up and we'd gone to we'd gone to the the guards area like gone to the jail the next morning tell yeah. us because we got paid a good bit of money Talos decided to treat us all to a weird elven beverage, coffee. Yes. That I don't think 
Nathan or Johnny had ever even heard of before. No, I think Nathan had, but never tried it. I think um, Johnny referred to it as, this is some very fancy mud. Yeah, that's just Johnny, he's got no taste. Uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so we go down and we're like, we, like, Talos also buys a bunch of like delicious pastries for the guard, because, you know, you want to be on the good side of the guard, they're the good guys. So we go in and we're like, hey, yeah, we heard you got the guy in there, we're going to go have a word with him. And they let us in. We killed a dragon, they'll let us do whatever we fucking Seriously, want. yeah. For, for, within reason. Within reason. <laughs> See, drawing that's like, oh, you think so? We're going to plan to have you guys arrested for no reason. <laughs> so, Talison and Nathan, we decide we're going to go in there. I'm going to be, I'm going to be good cop. No, no, was it? I'm going to be bad cop because I'm really big, strong, and intimidating. And Talis is going to be good cop because she's like a good person. How did the good cop, bad cop routine work? Nowhere near as well as I thought it would. <laughs> it but was... it worked. So we... Yeah. Okay, shut up. No, no. I, I did really well. I, d- I just want to say, it was less good cop, bad cop, a more infuriating cop, annoying cop. <laughs> no, I was... Yeah. No, that, yeah. There was... There was... Mold the irritating cop, which was Talus, and then there was completely irritating cop, which was me. <laughs> so we go in, and I'm like... So, young man, and he's like, I'm 42, and I'm like, so, young man, you've got your whole life ahead of you. <laughs> like, you know, it's like if, if cop shows had been a thing, Nathan would have been quoting them verbatim. Like, so, you find yourself at a dark tunnel. You don't know where to turn. He's just carrying on like this, being like, this is a life of crime, and it's taking you nowhere, to this guy who's obviously, like, 15 years older than Nathan is. <laughs> yeah. And Talos is just still there, like, glaring at him, and just being like... So she's she's the good cop, might I add. And she's she's just not giving a fuck. Mm. So and this guy's just like, no, nah, I'm not talking to you. And like literally, this guy is a brick wall. Cannot fucking get through to this guy. So Nathan's like, Can I interest you in a coffee friend? You look tired. And he's like, No. I no, I don't want a coffee. He's like, okay, fine. So we we stand there trying to be nice and weird at this guy. And nothing, nothing's really happening. So then Talos and I start, like, kind of half-arguing about, like, how, like, like this guy... Like, we're shouting over him, we're, we're just being fucking weird at each other. Like, she's like, look, he's failed his mission, he's a complete not a loser, let's just fucking leave him be, he's got no information for us. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. He's failed his mission, he's a complete loser. He probably, look at him, he's probably got a good, like, 20 years of experience, and it amounted to nothing, a bunch of fucking bumblefuck, like, nobodies from, like, out of town just came in and completely made fools of him just and killed everything he cares about. But quick, no. <laughs> quick question, Matt. Um, I assumed uh, he did not fall for any of this he didn't. at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Was... Yeah. No. I mean, to be fair, you were making various persuasion and deception and intimidation roles at various times throughout all of this. Yeah, failing miserably. Which is a combination of the role-playing aspect of it setting a relatively high DC and you rolling terribly anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what I do. I need new dice. That's my problem. Please let that fix it. That's totally a real shut thing. Shut up. It and is. it's not just the yeah. nature of random. Okay, shut up, though. <laughs> so he eventually just gets fed up and goes, okay, for fuck's sake, just leave me alone. You annoy him into engaging. Yeah. yeah. We also, I, I also sit there and go, I'll put in a word with the mayor. So you probably won't hang. And he's like, eh, okay. 
I'll tell you where to go. So we have like a weird back and forth where I'm pretty sure he got everything out of the deal because Nathan is not a negotiator. Yeah, you ended up paying him money. Yeah. Yeah, you ended up basically bribing the information just out. Just bribing him. Yeah, I just got so fucking tired. So then it's like, okay, go up here past this bridge and there's like a, an opening in this kind of like very small kind of like cliff kind of area. And we're like, shit, yeah, we can do that. So we stride out with the most big dick energy. Yeah. And announce to everyone that we know where where this guy meets up and we know where his boss is. He's just told us. So we're going to go and, and, and swag on over there. And, I don't know, probably kill everyone. And that's what we tend to that's do. That tends, tends to be what we do. So we tell the guards and, you know, we bugger off. Talus, unfortunately, makes sandwiches for the road. Yeah, when you say tell the guard, you kind of announced it on the way out, but it didn't really stop telling anyone. No, no, we were just, just excited. You just got excited and left. Yeah. yeah, it's what we do. So we leave, and we... Maybe something to do with the fact that the, of how the, the um, sessions were split yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. how we <laughs> had to fucking hurry. So we like we decide to go out of town. Um, we make our way, like, you know, through through the woods and, and through the outskirts of town for a good few, like, a uh, good couple of hours, because it's a bit of a walk. And we approach a bridge. It's, like, it's quite a big bridge. It's got a couple of... Uh, it's got, like... Towers. Towers in it, like a couple of stories. And over the bridge, there's like this really thick kind of camo netting kind of stuff. It's really weird. Well, that, yeah, it, the way we uh, we kind of interpret it from the description was, yeah, this is huge. It's like a rope, like net that was covered in, you know, like it was a kind of really haggard looking kind of net that was like covered in like foliage and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you see, we then spend an inordinate amount of time going. Look, if we walk onto this bridge, like we that, are fucked. There's, there's obviously some some funny going off on it. It's gonna drop on us or something and capture yeah. us. And we're like, ah, oh, can we just not? So I fire a couple of fireballs up top, and literally nothing happens. You burn a couple of holes in I it. I burn a couple of holes in it, but it's just it's really thick and sturdy. And we literally like announce our presence, basically going, look, if you're going to try and trap us, can you just not? Yeah, we're just like <laughs> we are so fatigued at this point. We just cannot be fucked. We're like, just fuck off. And then, of course, we step on there. Shock horror, the fucking portcullis slams down. Nathan starts having a fucking shouting match with himself because he's just fucking tired and fed <laughs> up. Um, the interesting part is that that's when we discover it wasn't a net. It was a web. Mm-hmm. A web of lies. As a very large... Drider. Drider, which is a half-drow, half-spider... Um, crawls out onto the web and... It's like, hey guys, fuck you. And like, oh. Oh. Yeah. So then, like, she royally throws down with us. Um, the the problem was there, though, is that, you know, I'm the, the tank character of the party. Um, You're the only tank. I couldn't hurt this thing for a while because... Due to, you know, you may have noticed, if if you remember to the old things, there's some weirdness going off with me and weapons. Yeah, you're being a bit fucking jerky about them, honestly. Um, and I'd left every weapon but my uh, my Berserker axe mm-hmm. at home. I'd left the one, left them at the inn. I was like, no, no, this is all I need. Yeah. And we, the, in the first round of combat, we take turns to basically just complain at Johnny for not bringing any long-range weaponry. <laughs> Um, Which I feel was completely valid. I didn't know I was going to fight a spider on the ceiling. That's okay? why you've got to prepare for these things. <laughs> I, don't prepare, I don't think I could have prepared for that. I don't think I would have anticipated spider on ceiling. Okay, <laughs> no, maybe not spider on ceiling specifically, 
but long range is something that is incredibly common. You don't know. You don't know what's going on in my life right no, now. No, no. But it's like yeah. Nathan keeps saying, "No, I don't understand what's going on." But he's still being a dick about it. Uh, to be fair, up until uh, do you want me to take your weapons next time? Up until the end of this group of sessions. I didn't know exactly what was going off <laughs> no, uh, because I've been getting surreptitious texts from Matt honestly, telling me really about things. Honestly, it's really fucking cool and I'm so enjoying it. So yeah. you do you, honey. I um, don't give a fuck. It's so entertaining. <laughs> like seeing you being like, hey, drop the weapon. No! Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, spellcasters and the like start hurling shit at this spider. Yeah, we, we like literally go from zero to a hundred because we're like, oh fuck. Um that's a big spider lady. It then this is dark soulsy in as yeah. heck. So you know, I, I end up popping um popping a fury. Popping um, a rage burner. Um and spider drops down. If I remember rightly, uh the initial onslaught I miss literally everything. Yeah. Like, I think I, I rolled so terribly um, that I didn't do anything. And then the spider charged at... Was it you? I I was like... I, I did really well. Yeah, you hit... I, I hit it with a couple of fireballs, and I, I rolled really high damage. I think I got a crit in there. I did really, really yeah, well. Yeah, which fire spell is it, just to be... Fire, firebolt. Yeah, firebolt. Cause, yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's, a, it's a cantrip, but I've, I've taken, like, a book of spells kind of, like, perk, so I can have, like... I can just pick, like, three random cantrips from anyone. Yeah. And... I'm just like so. I'm like I'm like hurling my di- big dick energy, and was it like she like Talus like clips her and then decides to run and hide behind me? <laughs> yeah, that was now. That, yeah. I look big and strong, but, you're but made I, of tissue paper. I made a tissue paper. I got fucking thirteen armor. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, and so I, do I. Yeah, but also I also have like twenty eight hit points <laughs> compared to your what eight eight million? Oh, I've got like sixty five. Exactly. So she literally just bolts Which is basically doubles when you're raging, effectively. Yeah, yeah exactly. Effectively. And so she literally gets like clipped by Talus and watches her run and hide behind me. So Spider-Ho is just like, oh no you didn't. And just fucking bolts towards like Talus's, like where she's hiding. Me. And she fucking, like she hits me so hard I go down in one. Talus at this point, I'm pretty sure, you know, her ass starts going like a rabbit's nose. Yeah, fortunately though, um, I managed to catch up to the very quick spider. And oh, she was fast. Because I was using my fury, that means that I get three attacks per turn. Now, the spider had been whittled down by spells and, and you know... We did hit attacks. her very hard on the it, initial. You'd, you know, been hit a fair bit, but had, um, you know, a fair chunk of health points left. Um, I then... Yeah, I think it was like over 50, I think. Yeah, um, I rock up behind her and do my three attacks. Because like, we've got flanking like bonuses. Yeah, so well. we've got flanking bonuses. Because Talos is like on the other side. Um, which meant that I roll. I ended up rolling two crits. Yeah. yeah. Um, in this thing, so I three hits. I actually wrote down yeah. in my notes like, how amazing those like attacks were. Which, which led to an interesting... So yeah, basically that, the thing went down from yeah, like 50-odd points of health to nothing like in one t- in just my one turn because I rolled quite well on the damage as you well you fucking so, yeah. lumberjacked her it was, it was yeah it was well over 50 points it was let me actually turn. look specifically because again I wrote this down because that was awesome okay so 27 plus 12 plus 15 damage that's a lot okay, well so wait, that, that's 27 plus 17 plus 15 but yeah over 50 damage yeah so 
And that's basically all she, all the hit points she has. Yeah. Um, which I understand was a slight annoyance to you, Matt, because you'd like to explain how that was supposed, how that, the end of that encounter was supposed to work. Um. No, I can't, I can't remember. Uh, oh, oh, you're not supposed to say that. Yeah, she she was about to like chuck some of your stock, chucking people off the bridge. I think yeah. at one point because she was getting. She obviously her first intent, like first aim, was to like take you all out when it turned out oh you guys aren't just random travelers who she can just easily take out like oh well we just make the party weaker how can we do that <laughs> throw them off the fucking <laughs> bridge because wasn't it like at 40 hit points you went into that phase or something, something like that. i can't remember exactly what i set it up but um, and then you kill her in like three hits and so yeah completely bypass yeah. that final phase um, <laughs> yeah that was right yeah, yeah yeah it was like her next turn i think she was probably gonna start getting a bit more frantic about things and yeah, she didn't get chance. No. Like fuck the um, John boy. <laughs> so the the problem then there was is that instantly after we've just dealt oh, no. with this, I, like Talus, because this has happened before when Talus is hid behind me and I get fucking well, mate, yeah. and I get downed in one because she feels guilty. She'll use a healing potion on me. Yeah, so she'll like prop up my head and like chuck it in my mouth and pat the back of it like a ketchup bottle. <laughs> so I'll get up. So you managed to get yeah. me up, and we're like. Sitting around going, oh, thank God that's over. Oh, that was a horrible fucking fight. Nice one, Johnny. Let's loot the horrible creature. And then we hear a shout. As more not sp- not spider arsed drow, because yeah, a, a, just the uh, a, 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 yeah the the thing we thought has like a drow body. Yeah, think centaur, but a centaur, spider, yeah. not horse. What's the what's the Qua- name from Dark Souls? What, uh, like Quelag. The Quelag, yeah. Um, from Dark Souls, mm-hmm. um, but with a drow instead of a person. Yeah. Um, or witch, technically, what whatever. Um, Dark Souls lore is weird. Yes. Um, yeah, so more drow come up who seem very upset that I think yeah, what, we but... might have killed one of them spider wife or something. Oh, his spider waifu. Um, yeah, one of them was a massive Monster Masume fan, despite the fact that that show is terrible, <laughs> and just started getting really angry. Uh, none of us speak the language, so we were just like, okay, he's probably angry. And like so, he's like he pops up with a bunch of fucking arches. Yeah. So, and one of them just goes and turns invisible. <laughs> and we're like, oh fuck this. So fuck this. Then follows a somewhat desperate fight since we're you know like everyone who isn't me basically. Yeah, really. Has had the shit like beaten out of well, them by Sora, Spider. Sora and... gets like she gets archered to fucking buggery and is just pretty much immediately yeah. down. She's the heaviest hitter like magic works. Um, so we, well, I start panicking because that's literally what I do. <laughs> um, like there was a few people on the uh, the thing behind us, uh, the tower behind us, and Sora had thrown a few magic spells and killed both of the, the yeah. ones that were in there. So at least we only had them from one side. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I like ran towards the tower, murdering Drow along the way that were f- dropping down. Um, because the fortunate thing about being a a very angry dwarf um, at so like fifth level faster. is I move very very fast. <laughs> you move about as fast as the fucking elven I rogue. Mo- yeah, basically because um, you're like so angry, it propels yeah. you forward. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, and go go through gradually slaughtering everyone um, whilst you're all getting pelted with arrows. It's horrible. It is really horrible on the ground. Um, by the end. Um, like this guy who keeps going invisible because he likes reappearing, throwing some shit at us, and then disappearing. Do you want to know a fun fact about him? Oh yeah. So it wasn't actually invisible. He was. Um, I've forgotten the name of the spell, but he basically sent goes like into the ethereal plane at the end of his turns. Ah. So you were like swinging around wildly trying to hit an invisible dude, but like, there was actually no chance of hitting him. 
Uh, and it's only it's like I forgot completely forgot the name of the spell, but at the end of his turn, he cast it at the start of the at the start of the combat, and then at the end of each of his turns, you roll a, on a ten plus, he vanishes into the ethereal plane and then comes back at the start of the next turn. Uh, but he just great. rolled higher than a ten every turn, so he did it every uh, single okay. turn. Okay. I was wondering because it, it kind of felt like, what are we supposed to do about this? Because he's basically impossible to hit because he just disappears yeah. before we can yeah, hit him. Yeah, it was only in theory a 50 50 whether he does it or not. He just he did it but every did it single like turn. Time. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. That explains a lot. Because yeah. um, you at one point were in quite close quarters to where you should have been. You were like swinging round with your axe, like just. He was literally like, in the like the box up top, mm. up, the, up the top of the stairs on one of the one side of the bridges, where he was, and he pops into a corner because there's like three. Like fucking squares, and he's in the corner, and Wibbs on one side, and he's and, like after he finishes his turn, like Wibbs like I swing wildly, and it's like you don't hit anything. It's like fucking what? <laughs> How can that be? Um, but eventually we clear out all of the uh, all of the minions. Yeah, but because the, there was a load of them, I can't remember was, how many there were. There was yeah. a load of was them. Like seven, six or something. Six or seven, it was seven. it was awful. It was such a fucking painful slog of a fight. Which after and, having yeah beaten a spider that had already downed oh, one of the party. And um, now Sora's downed and like and then like just as we're about to fucking kill like the, the guy who started shouting at us, he just up and fucking jumps off the bridge. Yeah. Well yeah he like teleports away he's just and like, then just peace motherfuckers and just disappears <laughs> and we're just like oh fuck this. Hear hear like a very painful splash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did not roll his acrobatics check well to dive into <laughs> the water. Like, belly flopped. It would have been funny if that had killed him. So you just heard what is fairly obviously a belly flop. <laughs> Not the most elegant exit. No. Imagining a, like an elf belly flopping is just the funniest thing. Yeah. So we go like uh, we go and uh, like loot a bunch of stuff and then like rest up a bit, rest up a bit, and, and then move we on. we move on and we get to like after a good like it's like an hour or so again of walking we get to like yeah a couple of hours I think either side yeah of the bridge. a couple of hours because I think we get a little bit lost because Nathan's in charge of the directions <laughs> and well we have established Nathan's not good at anything. So apart from thinking he's good at things. Apart from thinking like well no He's the best at that. No, to be fair, I have written down a quote where like Nathan turns around and says something like, Oh yeah, I'm the best at this and then the party falls silent and Drummer Matt looked up and sighed kind of and kinda of gave me a sympathetic look and went Nathan is the best at being Nathan <laughs> Which is the most patronizing fucking accurate shit. <laughs> But yeah, so we eventually like like follow a meander trail, and we get to like this kind of like small cliff face, and we're looking up, and we're like, yeah, this looks like it's probably the place. And Nathan, being Nathan, is like, I'm really strong. I'm gonna climb. I'm gonna clamber up here, and I'm gonna chuck a rope down and heave you all up. And everyone's like, fill your boots. So he climbs up beautifully, might I add, with the elegance of a fucking dancer. He, he traverses this like this this climbing the side of this fucking cliff. Yeah, gets but then to the what top. happened? Yeah, okay, shut up. <laughs> I'm telling the story. <laughs> he gets up and there's a little mishap with the rope. <clears throat> so he he decides to tie one of his like uh, one of the ropes around like a rock, and then he chucks it down. I was like, there you go, come on up. So Talos is like, yeah, okay. So you know she gives it a bit of a bit of a like non-committal yank to make sure it's kind of thing and then she puts a foot up but just as the yank is finished the rope just fucking unravels <laughs> because so I rolled a nat one a nat, you rolled a nat one at tying a knot yeah. <laughs> 
And like, I managed to jump over and grab it just in time. But like, Talos hasn't even climbed up. She's just kind of looking up, like, with this duty fucking serious expression. He's like, "Oh, it wasn't ready yet," and then ties it again. And this time, she takes about she takes a good bit to make sure the rope is secure. She's like, "Oh, I, yeah. I tug it. I tug it a bit harder." And then I gingerly climb up because I don't trust Nathan at all. <laughs> so we all get up there, and we're kind of having a look. And there's like, there's a big kind of cave entrance, which is fucking ominous as shit, and obviously where we're supposed to go. So we, we have a look in, and we've got like, um, Johnny and Talos have night vision. Dark so, vision. Uh, dark vision, yeah. Sora and I obviously don't, because, you know, we're unlucky. And so Talos goes in ahead, and there's this weird spoopy creature. Squiggle like, cat. Squiggle cat, we dubbed them. Because it's like a big panther kind of kitty that is phasing like it's got like a mirror a couple of flickering mirror images of itself like next to it and it's staring right at the entrance and it has like a little baby squiggle cat with it uh no the important thing here is that we didn't see the baby initially oh yeah uh we just saw the weird eldritch horror that's like Mm. this six-legged cat with tentacles (laughs) phasing in and out of existence and we're kind of looking at that and going like... No, and then we leave, and we decide to go all the way down well, the path. We, well, we go down the path to make sure this is the place where we're supposed to be. Yeah, and then, um, we, then it just narrows off to like a point where we can't continue, so we come back and we're like, shit, okay. We've got to, like, there's probably got something to go in, the in here. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, you try, because you I'm... use your illusion to throw your voice to see what happens, like, is this thing going to attack anything that yeah. comes in there? Because we don't know anything about it. And it blatantly does. But then backs off again. And then backs like, off. Okay. So, Tala sneaks in, uses one of her god-awful sandwiches and chucks it nearby, and it doesn't even react. Well, it, it kind of notices it, but doesn't move. Yeah. And then I think we notice that the, the baby squiggle cat. Yeah, it has a little baby one next to it, and at this point we're like... We don't want to kill this thing at all, because it's, like, it's literally just protecting its bib. And we're like, okay, what do we do? Like, we're trying to, like, do, be, you know, we're trying to do the right thing, because we don't want to just kill these things for no reason. But we're like, what if these are like, like the the people that we're after? This is like used as like a guard dog, and there's this is like a secret. There's a secret entrance into the place in this room that we can't see because it's so dark yeah. and you know covered in cats that phase in and out of existence. Yeah, not my favorite. Um, and I think it's isn't it around this point that we then hear a thud from outside? No, no, wasn't. Hmm? I like that didn't happen till like later. Like I, I thought later. that was what instigated the fight. No, yeah, that... Nathan goes in into the like front of the cave with a light source. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's like, he tries to do a talking with it, and it's like it's just an animal. Can't talk to it. And like while we're kind of try- like while Talos is kind of like telepathically communicating with me and kind of getting into position, kind of like around it. Then we hear a thud. Yeah, and after missing a few perception checks earlier on, with a few of you out of the cave to notice something approaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, nice and, one, guys. Yeah, another one. <laughs> another one of these cat things. What Daddy they, Squiggle Cat. What are they actually Displace called? Displacer Beast. Yeah, uh, Displacer Beast. Um, it drops down behind us. Because the thing is, we don't know what these things are, so we have no idea, like, if we, they are benign like, oh, no, or frightening whatever. Squiggle like, Cats. Or they are, like, like oh, you know, obviously, like, in D&D, there's a whole alignment evil thing, but, you know. So this thing drops down, and it's like, oh, well, I guess combat starts now. And we all feel bad about this, because we're just, like, this is just uh, animals, like... 
They don't. They're just protecting their young and shit. Like, and we're rocking up like dickheads. But they're they're gonna fight us. So you know, um, Sora and I fight the one outside whilst we very gingerly fight the the mum. So, um, and then Talos like halfway through goes, "No, fuck it. This thing's annoying, and I can kill it." <laughs> So I'll, I guess what would be the sense way is to compartmentalize this into the two se- the two sections of the fight. Yeah. So um, the part outside was pretty standard. So um, these versus dis- daddy squiggle cat. yeah versus the daddy squiggle cat um, when it was because when it gets hit it stops phasing in and out of existence and becomes there because is it like you roll with disadvantage or something to hit it? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if I yeah, yeah. yeah. And then if um, you do hit it, it like basically gives you an easier hit. Yeah, it gives you like a window to hit it normally. Yeah. Um, so what was happening was... Um, you you were both like well, swinging was... violently for each other, you and the squiggle cat, and neither of you were ever hitting well, it. Well, no, no, that, no, no. What happened was, was Sora was hitting it. And then making it go solid, and then I'd hit, and then I'd whack it a few, and then I'd whack it, then it'd go out, and then it'd phase out again. Then she'd hit it. That happened a few times, but then after, uh, then the the final part of it was where we just start swinging at each other, and neither of us could hit each other. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, but eventually, it was down. So that was that was pretty pretty standard. But on the inside, um, you guys kind of focused on keeping this thing busy more than hurting it. Yeah, because we didn't really want to hurt it. So, so like, Talus. I don't know what like what perk she has, but she knows a few like spells. She is an arcane trickster. She's an arcane trickster, so she so knows a few spells. Mm. Yeah. So she decides to cast Tasha's hideous laughter on this cat, on the mama cat, which makes which, things which you do works it to beautifully. Yeah, what it does is it makes whatever you cast it on. If it's successful, they basically kind of are seized by an uncontrollable urge to just laugh. Yeah, they they like... For, like, a round, they're incapacitated because they're laughing their asses off. Isn't it like it can be for several rounds you have to roll for it? It's, yeah. it's just for... It's until they, they, they have to save against it to start with, see if it happens, and then on their turns they try and save again. So if they keep failing the save, it can last for the ten minutes or whatever the duration of it is. Yeah. Yeah. Or minutes, so, or, I can't remember, but yeah. Yeah. Got it. Like she did that first. I hit it with like a fireball, because that's just what I do. And you go back and forth. Like I, I think I. I think the, the big thing there is no that hearing this displacer beast. It laugh. was terrifying. It was like this weird screeching <laughs> fucking. It's like you'd think animals can't laugh, but like it works on in- anything with that intelligence higher than four or something. And the beasts have an intelligence of six, so they're not quite as daft as like just a normal cat or animal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, though, this thing does have a concept of laughter and humor. So it's sitting there, literally rolling screeching. on the floor laughing. It is ruffling up a storm. It is lamowing all over the cave. <laughs> and its its baby is just horrified. <laughs> it's like... It's, it kind of, it's like it goes up and it's like, what is it? It's, it's batting its mother yeah. and it's just like... Yeah. What More the effective fuck than um, p- stopping the, the mum attacking because she did... You know, every time someone else did damage, she tried to save and then did have some turns. But you wiped out mm. all of the baby one or the child one's chances of attacking because it was too busy trying to deal with what the fuck is its mum doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just so like, Mum, what are you doing? Um, and then like that wasn't it, like it, it, it like after a turn, it, it like saved against it, and then like Talus cast it again. Yeah, and. Because it's a cantrip, isn't it? Uh, no, I oh, think I it is like an actual... It's a level one. 
spell, I think, or level okay. something spell. But yeah, so she she cast it again, and this time I think it failed its save three rounds in a row or something. So laughing so ass off. It's like the 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 hideous laughter begins anew, and like the baby at this point is just like the fuck. Um. You know, we do whittle it down, and I think I. I think um, what happens is that it's um, it finally manages to get out of laughing its ass off, and I, I think it I does. use dissonant whispers on it, so it freaks the fuck out, yeah. and that makes the baby even more weird because it's like, what the? Yeah, you kind of you most like you kind of kept it to itself, but then it's then it managed to get over to you and started doing some serious damage. So yeah. that's when like we had to take it down. Having having dealt with the the one outside, like Sora and I came in and. Eventually, uh, you know, whittled this thing, this thing down again, um, and then we got to feel awful because the baby then attacks. Yeah, but what happened? Because we didn't hit it. No, I think didn't like Talus do some intimidation thing on it. I think she smacked it or something. Like, it's like literally like unarmed, like slapped it or something. Yeah, it was all it was all something... coming to attack, and then it had took the first slight hit on it, and it was just like nope. And then it immediately freaked out yeah. and went and huddled in the corner. Um, and I have I have spare the dying, so immediately after the fight's over, I'm like, I go and I stabilize the mother because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not leaving a fucking little baby animal out. Because I don't know these things die. that eat people, but like well, the just, thing is, there were many so human bad. bones, but we felt really bad, and that like, we felt bad for the baby squiggle cat because if it was just like adult ones, and fine. But there's a baby one there. Basically, like... what we're saying is that well done, Matt. You managed to make us like n- not want to engage in a fight. You gave us complex feelings about <laughs> it. Um, of course, the thing is, then we then search the cave, find out there's fucking nothing in it. So that means the bloke who you bribed lied to us. So <laughs> yeah, that's going to be interesting yeah. when you go back. So that's where the session ended, basically. Yeah. So guess what I'm going to do with all my money? I'm going to go back and pay some guards to look the other way, and then I'm going to beat the guy to within a, f- to a be fucking fair, inch of his um, life. Before we and left... I'm going to remind you of your alignment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chaotic good, dude. <laughs> fucking bo- like, fight me. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, he's a bad guy, and he nearly got my friends killed, and it meant that there's like... There's a little squiggle cat out there without a dad. I was because I couldn't stabilize it in time. I'm annoyed because I did threaten the guy to um, to insert my axe into him sideways. I believe. Okay, are um. you not pulling up his alignment? <laughs> well, yeah, it depends what you do. Obviously, I mean, I threatened. <laughs> I threatened him. I wouldn't actually do it. Act, act Johnny probably truly. wouldn't actually do it. Well, I actually know Johnny act- would. <laughs> hey, if I. Okay, so if I went into the thing, activated my rage ability, <laughs> could I then do it? Because I'm not in my right mind. <laughs> then it wouldn't be your fault. Don't min-max emotions! That's so weird! That's too David Cagey. <laughs> I min-max my emotions. Oh. But yeah, so um, yeah, that's what... What if, what if Bandit had feelings? <laughs> what if Squiggle Cat had emotions? But yeah, so there you go. We have actually played D&D and we've yeah, got we a played D&D loads of times. What the fuck? Um, so... Yeah, this was over the course of at least three sessions, possibly four. I think it was about four. Yeah, it was weird. But yeah, like, poor Sarah. Yeah, she's, yeah. like, she's knackered all the time because she's doing this whole thing where she creates a life, and apparently that's pretty exhausting yeah. work. Um, however, we are we are running really, really low on time. Really, so... really low on time. So uh, how about we, we tackle the questions as quick as we okay. can? Yeah. Questions. We have one, two, three, four, five. So there's not too many. Okay, and Snipe, what email address should people send questions to if they want to send a question? 
Drummer Matt at snipeandwib at gmail.com. That is indeed the email address. That's a real email address. Now, what are the questions that we have, Matt? Okay, yes. so first up, um, Barbu Comedy. Barbu Comedy? Yeah. Um, Hello, Barbu. If a 40k RPG game was to be made, um, PC game, who would, mean, who would yeah, you want to properly. make it? As in, would you want it to be multi-choice system like Bioware with romance options or yes. sprawling gameplay and landscapes but ridiculously long developments like uh, CD Projekt Red or, you know, someone else? Okay, so I love the idea of playing as like an Inquisitor in like basically the Mass Effect kind of format. That would be amazing. Yeah. But but basically, you, basically um, you have a ship and you go collect a bunch of like friends or whatever. Eisenhorn Xenos, but not shit, basically. Yeah, really. Um, I'd also adore a Witcher-style game. Like, cause I think you'd really just have to play as an Inquisitor. Because you wouldn't be able to play as an Astartes. I I think you I think uh, the two really good fits for that type of video game would either be Inquisitor or Rogue Trader. Yeah, exactly. And I think yeah, like see like see a CD, CD Project Red or like Bioware less so because their games are kind of jank as fuck. <laughs> could but, be worse. It could be Bethesda making it. <sighs> but yeah, those those are my two kind of like. That that's yeah. what I want desperately. Uh, honestly, like yeah, saying um, I'd, I'd be quite happy with um, with Bioware or CD Projekt Red doing that. Yeah, um, I can't honestly think of anyone else who would you make trust with it. Yeah, because I mean, like um, I'm trying to think of other Western RPGs um, that are that kind of style. Because I mean, of course, you know, you could do like kind of a, a top down, like like Divinity style you, you game. You could but... do, but I don't feel that I I, I wouldn't really think that that would fit I, I personally pref- because yeah. I like the world of 40k is so over the top and visceral it really would have to be like an action RPG yeah, I'd prefer a, I, like say yeah. like a Witcher kind of combat system an or, action RPG is definitely what I would that's want that's definitely um, it yeah I, so, I yeah. say like you know turn based no <laughs> yeah. so basically what that person suggested yes both of those I'd be fine with yes is good um, I could they'd both be very different games I think if I had to wish list it I would probably prefer CD Projekt Red because I think yeah, they get very, the very good. they'd get the nuance of the setting better than I think Bioware would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it would take twenty years to to get made, but <laughs> yeah. it would. Yeah. It would yeah. take, they can't it start worth. doing it till they release their um, Cyberpunk yeah. game, so they can't even start for the next yeah, ten which, years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which isn't coming out until twenty seventy seven, so this one won't come out until the year forty thousand. <laughs> yeah, right. so. yeah, yeah but it'll be really good though. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, drama Matt, What about you? Um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd probably agree with um, CD Projekt Red. I think they'd do, they'd do. Yeah, I can imagine just a um, lone Inquisitor along those lines of a Witcher going out and doing their thing. Yeah, yeah that would be yeah, really I'd cool. Get behind that. You get like a ret- you could like gather a retinue together, like if you could assemble a party. What, I mean, so it's kind of like little touch of like the Skyrim kind of companions. I was there. thinking more like how Mass Effect does it. Mm. Like, that's, that, you that's better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Skyrim and <laughs> the fucking Pip Boy. <laughs> Good. Uh, next up, Majos Senseless Virus. Uh, two questions. One, what is your favourite type of 40k weapon? Um, I feel like we, we've uh, answered this question in multiple forms over the years, and I'm pretty sure we've given a slightly different answer each time. Yeah. So I guess it's one of those things of what, what you feel on that what day. What is it today? Okay, so with no justification in, in, in a word. Um, well, if we have all weapons, then uh, my mine will probably remain the chain axe. Because um, it's stupid. <laughs> no, I want to pick the chain axe. Frost axe, then. It's not as good, but... Okay, fair enough. Um, second question. What minor 40k Xenos race um, do you think should get a major lore push slash its own codex? 
Uh, none. That's fair. <laughs> uh, quite frankly, um, a lot of them are too underdeveloped or I don't think have enough to them. Like, as much as I might, uh, I, at some point I would kind of like to make a small squat force. Um, I don't think they really have a place to exist because I think I think like I think the sort of thing they'd probably fit into the niche of is what the Mechanicum kind of fits into now. Mm. So I don't I, I I think putting any of them in would be doing it purely for the sake of it, and unless they've got a really good idea of what to do with them, like gameplay wise, I don't think it's really worth it. Ambles, just a whole just, you know, just amble, the yeah. Amble Empire, the Amble Empire, yeah. Although I would like to see uh, to see them actually explain a bit more about the Hrud without all of the um, contradictions. Yeah, Hrud nice. was one of the examples actually they they mentioned. Yeah, um, I think the problem is is that the Hrud, as they were expl- as are explained later, absolutely would not work as a standalone force. But how people were kind of introduced to them were as space skaven, mm. which would be cool. But that's not what the Hrud are anymore. No. So people have like a a a an a. a a sheen of hope that maybe we'll get space skaven one day as the hood, but that's not happening mm. uh, in any any time soon. Anyway, but what about you, drama Matt? Um, I mean, yeah, space favorite spa- weapon. Uh, favorite weapon. I like plasmas because yeah. I like the chance that they might, you know, not do good. Explode. That's not a thing anymore. Is it not? Unless you fire it on max power. Yeah. Oh yeah, they have two settings. They yeah. have a, a setting where they can explode and hurt okay. you, and a setting where they're safe but less powerful. Yeah. Oh. Okay. No, I like them less. They're too complicated. Railguns. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> okay, I like that you can ca- you can wear a mech suit and carry a tank, a giant tank gun. Okay, I'm going to be straight with you. I don't like that because I'm on the receiving end of that shit. <laughs> Railguns are <laughs> great. And uh, and what about the minor race? Minor race. Oh yeah, I quite like um, space. Bolts. The idea of space um, skating. Um, <laughs> space skating would be amazing because they'd be like steampunk rather than like. They'd be barely held yeah. together with duct tape. Yeah, but it'd be different enough do... to, to orcs, that be, I think. Cause... You mm. can do really good um, combinations by mixing Skaven kits with Mechanicum mm. kits, actually. They, mm. The aesthetics of the two do match quite well. Yeah. Um, but as I say, so yeah. So the, the biker mice from Mars. The biker mice from Mars, yeah. 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 Good, yeah, good. That. Oh, now the I really want that. The mice cult of Mars. Yeah. Help. Oh my yeah. god, that would be so amazing! <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, unfortunately, um, unless they have uh, explicitly stated something different, um, the Hrud are no longer space at all. I know, I know. At all. Are they so, like lizards or something? They're like weird, lanky lizard yeah, they're things. Weird. Swamp. They're weird. Um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next up, Acidus. You asked for Star Wars theories. Yes. yes. So, what if I told you that George Lucas mm-hmm. made Star Wars A New Hope as as an analogy for Welsh independence against English rule. That's completely accurate. So just just look at the facts. So we've got a list. The Empire, okay, all English it. dudes. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Star Wars universe has different made-up languages which are impossible to pronounce, like Welsh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moss Eisley was a wretched hive of scum and villainy. It's a blatant Wonder. reference to real. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Wales... <laughs> this one's good. Wales is the land of... Um, this is obviously him speaking. Wales is the land of my forefathers, and Luke has forefather figures: Vader, oh, Anakin, shit, Ben Kenobi, right. and Uncle Owen. The mm-hmm. Rebel Alliance just sit around a big table talking about freedom from the Empire, achieving fuck all, just like the Welsh Assembly. <laughs> 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 uh, and both Tatooine and Wales have really bad 4G coverage. <laughs> you know what? This uh, when you this initially said, when the theory was initially pitched, I was like, you know, this seems like it's 
it's a bit of a, a bit of a stretch, but you know, with the caveats, the explanations, you know what that gets. This that, is solid. That's a ten out of that ten. That is a theory. solid ten, and I <laughs> yeah, love it. I'm down, yeah. That is Good. an actual thing. Good work. Ten out of ten. <laughs> I love that Wales is the land of my forefathers, and Luke has forefathers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> that's the most perfect <laughs> yeah, fucking point. Because I know we were going to rate nonsense um, Star Wars theories on believability. <laughs> And whilst I don't know if it's believable, the commitment to making that work, you know, that supersedes anything else. Double thumbs up. That was was phenomenal. Thank you, Exodus. Tiny Tom. um, Snipe playing an extremely British scion in the latest TTS episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that happened, didn't it? Is it true? Is it true that they just sampled voice lines from when Snipe first met Webb? Uh, that was my impersonation of Wib when I first met him. So yeah, that's pretty accurate. Because that's how he sounds, isn't it? I like how because uh, if you don't know, um, you know, in the latest no, episode no of, of, of Text to Speech, yeah. um, Snipe plays two characters, um, one of which Sion is Matilda. Sion Matilda, <laughs> and is very is is done as like a um, like a chavy kind of voice from like the East Midlands. Yeah, kind of. So a sort of vaguely Midlandsy sort of yeah weird voice, and then your other one is doing this very prim and proper voice, very 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 heavenly saintly voice. Yeah, so you do two different <laughs> ones, and it's kind of interesting to see how that is. Uh, yeah, the, the uh, juxtaposition of those two voices. That's just in the, same the thing. tip of my repertoire. Um, but yes. Um, yeah, a lot of ad libbing you did in that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, Alpha was very kind and let me let me ad lib <laughs> it. So uh, because lots of the the slang in the original was kind of written to be much more southern slang. Yeah, which didn't sound. And right. I was like, could I maybe do it like from around here? And he was like, yeah, fine. So I did it, and he was like, that is fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why did I say yes to anything? <laughs> uh, why does he say yes to anything to do with me, yeah. the poor guy? Uh, and last question, uh, last Nodos. Uh, once we finished our current D&D game are we planning on trying a different system I haven't even thought about um, that honestly first uh, first off I, I know not for the next game hopefully because once I've, I've got a vague idea how you're going to end the current sort of arc and I quite like to play D&D so I think we've mentioned before Snipe you're going to have a go yeah with I'm, I'm taking over as DM for the next kind of arc with in 5e still yeah for a bit yeah. anyway and then we'll see how that goes and then after that who knows we can try something new or I'm kind of like I think Pathfinder or maybe Starfinder might be interesting. Or yeah, something like that. Maybe some more Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, because well, we can I, do I those like, in like. I like. I feel like if we get if we get I don't know if we'll ever have time, but if we get like a good in person day session, you can get through like a, a, st- a, a sort of investigation of that. It doesn't have to be an ongoing campaign. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like I'd, I'd I'd be up for some one shots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Different different systems. So. Yeah, that, that could be that could be fun. Just doing a few one shots of things, like especially if there's something that's like the actual base mechanics are relatively easy to pick up. Because some mm. are, you know, I mean, five E is like even though we kind of bumble through it a lot. Like at the end of the day, it's pretty simple to play a game. Yeah, it, it like, is. Yeah. Um, whereas some things do require a little bit more um, in depth kind of thing. Like I remember, like building characters in Call of Cthulhu takes quite a while. It is a bit tricky. Call of Cthulhu is a bit more archaic in its system. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair. If I, I mean, you could probably Frankenstein it, so you'd have the sanity table there, and you'd have like a lot of the crunch of. Like, you could like simplify it. I'll play my dwarf barbarian <laughs> assisting assisting a librarian. 
I could be a dwarf librarian. Dwarf, yeah, perfect. Just fuck off. I have, I have like a special um, proficiency in ladders. <laughs> oh, you, you need it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, proficiency in yeah. smacking your ass. <laughs> Dang you. But yeah, no, I would like to try other ones. I mean, I'd love to try some of the 40k ones, but... Um, yeah, same. That would, but there's I've, only, like, three of us are under 40k. And, and I've heard... Sarah are not. I've heard most of them are somewhat obtuse mm. um, to, yeah. get, to get your head around. Although the new one... Uh, like, I'm sure someone's written a 40k thing, like, thing for 5e. They have, I'm certain yeah. I've seen a couple of those. Um, but there's also Wrath and Glory, which is... Uh, I think has had, like, some stuff released up for now, which is a new 40k RPG, which I hear is a lot more simple. Um, so I think that's kind of taking cues from fifth ed uh, D and D of like how I just want simple. to play my my OC Inquisitor and just annoy I... everyone. <laughs> well, you know, when uh, at uh, first available opportunity, I'll take a proper look at the rules for um, Wrath and Glory and see if it's something that yeah. might be able to convince people into playing for at least a one shot. That'd be nice. But yeah, uh, last up, same person. Um, it's not quite a. Um... Star Wars fan, um, theory, but um, they just commented that they don't like The Last Jedi um, because it completely disregards their fan fiction about Snoke being the love child of Anakin Skywalker and Jar Jar Binks. So, no, that's completely legitimate. Yes. I mean, that's so. the thing. It's like, there are, le- like, joking aside, there are legitimate reasons not to like that movie, and that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, if it specifically contradicts a, a headcanon fan fiction of yours, yeah. then yeah, no, fuck that movie. Mm. I, um, I mean, they did, but they, there was a fatal amount of sarcasm in that one, apparently. Yeah. No, 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 that's legitimate. <laughs> yeah. the, the, that's legitimate, trust me. I've read it, it's very good. Yeah. Can't awesome. recommend. But yeah, and with that, that's the end of the podcast. Just good. done. Just done. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Also, because I can't think of anything else, send us in more husbandos and waifus of yours to rate. For next time, For yeah. next time. <laughs> because, Yeah. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you for episode 58 in two weeks' time, I guess. Pray for us <laughs> that the sun hasn't crashed into the UK by now. Uh, quite possible it happened. It's yeah, quite possible we're probably dead. So send cooling rain-based thoughts our way, <laughs> and we shall see you in two weeks. Goodbye, yeah. everybody. Goodbye. Bye. I really want to tell people to send you ice cubes to your P.O. box. (laughs) People will do it. That's why I didn't say it.